0: That riff will never get old. Hey, it's Season 2, Episode 7, the last episode of the season. This is Here for Now, origin stories of my creative superhero friends, and I'm Nate DeRoe. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate uh, however you got here. We appreciate you uh, spending some time with us. Uh, We're here, speaking of here, we're in Wyandotte, Michigan, downriver. We are just a few hundred feet from the detroit river at eureka records and on the other side of the glass making us sound beautiful all the time the one and only tyler floyd hi tyler how are you i'm well how are you i'm doing well it's uh <laughs> that sounded so fake that's <laughs> fine you know what? i am well though the, i yeah well you know i mean all things are relative right now there's asterisks on damn near everything mm-hmm. but uh in this moment right now we are we are amongst friends and we are good We've got Ryan Carrigan with us, and he. Uh, we're going to bring him in in just a few minutes. But um, I'm so stoked to have him in this week. It, it. We were talking about how, like, virtually there are folks that kind of stay connected, and you know, we. He's been listening to the podcast. I've been trying to keep keep in touch and all that thing. But like, to see your face is so cool. So I'm so stoked you're here, man. Um, however, you got here, like I said. Uh, Here's the other ways that you can get here that might be more convenient for you in the future. You can listen to us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, or just right off of our website at herefornowpodcast.com. We have social media channels just like everybody else at herefornowpod. We've got an email address that no one has ever emailed, and I'm just going to keep saying it until somebody finally does, but herefornowpod at gmail.com. This is the end of season two. This is the the last episode. We, we did seven in season one in Michigan and in Chicago. And this second season has been awesome. It's been great to spend some time in this really great creative space in Wyandotte. Uh, we've had, man, it's just been, it, it went by really quick, didn't it, Tyler? Yeah, it did. <laughs> it, like, we we thought about this for a long time through all of this COVID madness, and then once we put it into play, it was like, snap, and now it's over. Uh, we had Chris Herman come in, we had Jason Singer from Michigander, we had Brian Hugo Iglesias, Olivia Deer, Alex Maniak, and last week, Michaela Stock, and this week, my buddy, um, Ryan Kerrigan is with us. Hi, Ryan, how are you?
1: Hey, doing so good.
0: Dude, it's so good to spend some time with you. Um... You're one of those jack-of-all-trades type people that it's hard to uh, introduce you, because with Jason, it's like, this is Jason Singer. He's Michigander. Uh, I asked you for a title, and you are an artist and product manager at Assemble Sound, program director at The Magic Stick, and a whole bunch of other things. Uh, Husband. Yep. Congratulations. Thank you. Prospective father. Soon to be. Dude, so excited for you to join the dad frat. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, you've got the dad jokes down.
1: Yep. That's... And
0: and so you're you're already a member of the fraternity. So congratulations, Steve. That's exciting. Thank
1: you. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. If you have any names for us, just let me know, because we're stuck.
0: Uh, are, are, do we know? Um, it's a boy. Okay, it's a boy. All right. Um, not Tyler. <laughs> not Tyler, right? Um, did we have a boy name, or did we not... I don't know
1: so many good girl names in the world
0: so you know my daughter's name is finley
1: beautiful name uh,
0: which works both ways so if you want to you know if you want to be finley that's that's fine um uh she was going to be a lucy or or a lillian lily but she battled on the way out and finley means fair-haired warrior she came out with a came out with a head of blonde hair and she battled like hell on the way out (laughs) So Finley it was. There nice. was no conversation once uh once we were in the hospital for 6 days trying to get this kid to show her face in the world. So um like I said I'm just super stoked. Uh first of all I'll just see your face.
1: Dude, yeah. Even
0: even if it's on on the other side of two panes of glass. Yeah. But also just to know that you're about to join the dad frat.
1: Yes, I'm excited. I've if on, I'm being honest, I've never really cared about kids and now that uh I'm about to have one. It's just shown every kid in a brand new light to me. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh my god, that's gonna be me. It's like, so cool. Yeah, it's now it looks cool. Before it's I was f- like, you couldn't interest me in it at yep, all. I was the same way. And now that like I see any any dad with their son, you know, or daughter, yeah, I just see and I'm like, holy shit, I'm gonna like. My new hanging out with friends is going to be like, hey, Nate, I'm going to be up your way. Let's go to the zoo with our kids. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Dude, I'm down. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Uh, We just took Finley to her first um, tennis practice, like tennis lesson. Wait, what is she four? She's five and a half. Five and a half. Okay. I know. Isn't that, it's nuts. It's It's been, so, you know, it's been a year and a half since I've probably seen you. So four would make sense (laughs) because she was four when we saw each other. Yeah. Um, Yeah. She's a grown ass person now uh she's in dance she does gymnastics she does tennis well does she, she likes music she likes music she doesn't like good music yet but we, we i was at, well that's not true she loves Jax actually
1: oh of course um yeah.
0: which is great and there's a couple other things that i put her on to uh just certain like the Healy P is what she loves from mm. Jax. yeah uh except for one of the songs um, because it says "damn" in a whole bunch of times, so she's like, "Can we skip this one?" Uh, but mostly, it's My Little Pony music. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> There's some Scooby Doo mixed in there, which is cool, but the music isn't as great. Um, but yeah,
1: I actually have a question about that.
0: Okay, I've... But, literally, we're just going to skip everything I have, and we're just going to do like <laughs> dad stuff here. Good. We're just going to have like a, a a prospective fatherhood podcast. So That's... I'm 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 here to answer any questions you have about dad. Dead
1: life, man. I'm here to get answers. (laughs) Like I'm hoping to skip children's music in my kids' phase, and I don't want to rob them of anything. But when I think of the shows that I watched, yeah, now I kind of viscerally like hate them. Hate them. Yeah, hate them. And I'm. I thought I was there. Yeah. I thought I had skipped it. Oh no, because I was getting her into
0: like Jax and stuff like that. she
1: doubled back on you. And
0: yeah, right. Yes, she discovered. um, Basically, what happened is it's tied to TV. Okay. So she thinks that everything she watches on TV has a soundtrack, which a lot of it does, right?
1: Yeah, it's no, a Disney. For sure. It's a
0: Disney household.
1: Okay.
0: And you know, I'm down with most of the Disney music. Obviously, some of it's a little, uh little whatever for me, and, and yeah. you know. Um, but in general, it's tied to TV. So, but um, now that she has the remote and can get her way around the Roku which has Netflix and Disney Plus and this Boomerang thing that's got a bunch of cartoons. Sometimes she picks Scooby Doo. Okay. or Octonauts or Ooh. Doc McStuffins. Those are all cool. Doc
1: McStuffins.
0: Sometimes she picks My Little Pony or Barbie or some of the stuff that's a little harder to stomach. So
1: some bananas in pajamas type shit. Yeah.
0: She yeah. well thankfully we haven't had the truly nauseating Like there's been no Barney in this house or any like that shit, you know,
1: that is, that is the one (laughs) when I was talking about shows that I hate, that's the one. Right. Right. Um,
0: You know, I think my little pony has been the closest one, but like even that one's tolerable enough. Right. If that makes sense. So,
1: um,
0: you think that you could steer your child, but they will find a way. And and maybe early on, All you set right. some good goals and give them access to things earlier. Um, they may choose things that might be something you don't mind having on in the background. But eventually, once they have their own control, and she can actually, like, she goes through Spotify now, and she has a kid's account, and she just does it visually. She sees a colorful thing, so she clicks on it,
1: right? That's interesting.
0: It is. And and usually she can figure out what it is. And now she's starting to read. So she's starting to pick up on things. She can like type in pony and then get to my little pony or whatever. But yeah, we really are just going to make this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Tyler's over there like
1: shit.
0: (laughs) We haven't even got to question number one yet. (laughs) So shit.
1: Before you pivot off the dad stuff, I do have a question. Something I've really been curious about is, did you play any music for Finley in the womb?
0: Um, did we, did we, did we, did we? I don't, I don't think so. I mean, we played, um, Disney music in the hospital room. You can choose. Okay. You don't, you may not know that you can choose, but you can actually, when, when you go in to like bring the baby into the world, In the delivery room, I'm not talking about like in your your hospital bed, but yeah. like when it's time to go, they actually will stop you and be like, "What music would you like?" And,
1: Flight of the Valkyrie,
0: right? They'll just, right? <laughs> Teresa just yelled out, "Like Disney, get this thing out of me!" Yeah. <laughs> but no, I don't think we did like the thing where as I'm holding my belly, <laughs> Jesus, and we didn't put the headphones on on the pregnant belly and like do any of that kind of stuff.
1: I've been doing that a little bit because yeah. I'm I was listening to this audio book and the narrator was talking about a study that they did with ostriches in their eggs and they played music like for the eggs and when the ostriches were born when they were kind of acting you know a way that the trainers didn't want them to act Mm -hmm. they would play the music that they played for the eggs and that like had a calming effect on the ostrich so
0: yeah I, i guess if i had any uh advice for you as a dad just treat your kid like an ostrich <laughs> and you'll <if> you fine. <laughs> as you spit
1: gotta get a beer. sandbox yeah
0: <laughs> as you spit <laughs> spit your beer everywhere yeah. um so we just broke the ice but i'm gonna do the icebreaker thing anyway because cool. because i like the i like hearing the answer um if you had one word to describe yourself what would it be and why
1: you know what i should have been ready for this question <laughs> having you. listened to the other ones <laughs> um what I've had classically terrible answer to this question. I had this question for a job interview. They asked me to pick three uh, words. Okay. And after sitting there in silence for about four actual minutes, I said, tries really hard. <laughs> so totally went over my head. Um, but <laughs> I mean, that's good. Yeah, they hired words. me, so yeah. they're bad. Um, <laughs> I think maybe if I have to pick one for myself, Seeking is what I hope I am.
0: Was that last week too? Did Uh, Michaela use that? Yeah, Michaela said seeker. Really? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Wow, a lot of Joe Hurtler fans up in the house. Oh, (laughs) yeah. So you're seeking. Okay, what are you looking for?
1: The game, man. I'm looking for the thing. I'm looking for the thing to do. It's never. It's a never ending thing, and sometimes that makes like a serial hobbyist out of people, which is yeah, which is uh, to me a lot of fun. And you mentioned something about you said jack of all trades earlier i remember this conversation with my cousin nick who i grew up with he's like a brother he told me one time when he kind of saw me like getting into too many different things he's like jack of all trades is the king of nothing and like in that moment i was like i do not want to be the king of anything right because that just seems like a lot of pressure and a lot of stress yeah and so just being able to like move around and whatever whatever's interesting at the time. If it's Game of Thrones, great. If it's like if it's an audio a nonfiction audiobook that I'm listening to that a friend turned me on to, great. Yeah. If I finish it, awesome. If I listen to an hour of it, doesn't matter because there's so much. Can you imagine being
0: the best at any fucking thing? Like we're I'm watching that um Ken Burns baseball documentary, the PBS thing. And not, you know, it's like 18 hours long or whatever. It's on the PBS app now these days. So that's pretty cool. Um, And they spent a whole episode basically on Babe Ruth Mm. and how he was the greatest at that moment. And it it was like, okay, yeah, he's the greatest. He's the greatest. Okay, let's keep talking about how far he can hit a home run. But then the things that really hit me was when he wasn't the greatest anymore. Like when it started falling apart for him. And there was a moment in the documentary they did a really great job of finding a picture. Because obviously back then it's like you you can't go through all the footage of video and everything. They're, they're you know. Um, but they found a picture of of a look on his face when he wasn't the best anymore. And it was this incredible sadness at what he had lost, you yeah. know. And you can only imagine the pressure, right? Yeah. Like the pressure that's built up over the years. Um, so that's cool. That's cool that you like kind of have that self-awareness i guess yeah um how old are you
1: 32 you're
0: 32 okay so you're yeah. old enough to have some self-awareness yeah. tyler's not quite there yeah we'll get there <laughs> <laughs> no tyler's one of the most self-aware Ouch. 20 what are you 27 do we talk about huh? this no i'm 24 24 okay Whoa, well shit okay. all right so okay he has plenty of self-awareness for a 24 year old for 27 year old he might not be there yet yeah no um no i think you know I didn't have that at either of your ages. Maybe at 32 I was starting to like understand how not to wander into traffic, right?
1: Man, I really am <laughs> just feeling like I'm I'm just getting there.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. It's amazing like that. And you know, for somebody like like a Ty Cobb or a Babe Ruth or whatever who was the greatest at something, it's yes. it's such a incredible amount of pressure.
1: And I think also being the greatest, first of all, you probably are maybe for a second, you're like I'm the greatest. You know, and yeah. I know there's like the ego thing and what people project, right. but like the person inside them it probably doesn't really even believe they're the greatest or is constantly questioning it. Sure. So to be there, I just don't want that.
0: Well, and the greatest in baseball still gets out seven out of 10 times or six and a half out of 10 Ruth, times. Especially Babe Ruth, who yeah. I
1: think had maybe I'm just pulling this out of nowhere, but I, I thought he had like the most strikeouts of all time in his time. I, too. I mean,
0: generally power hitters have more strikeouts, right? So there's probably yeah. some metaphor to be read right into that. But yeah, he he struck out more than, you know... Um, now I'm into like the 40s and stuff, and there's Ted Williams and there's Joe DiMaggio, and yeah. they would strike out like 20 times in a whole season. And then it's yeah. like they were the best of their era. But yeah, um, I don't mind having multiple skill sets and not being the king of any particular thing. So if somebody else, be it your wife... Or the people you work with, or whoever, were asked the same question, would they come back with a similar answer as seeker? Or what would they say about you?
1: Maybe my word? wife would, um, and I think maybe there's some of my close friends who, if you prime them with that word, they might be like, "Hmm, yeah, I could see that." Sure. But um, what would
0: be the easy word for the people around you to to use as the descriptive word?
1: Um. You know, it might be just chill. It yeah. might be chill because I think
0: I don't think I've ever seen you even slightly.
1: It is so embarrassing mm-hmm. for me. For like I just feel like when I lose, when something makes you lose your shit like that, yeah, I'm just embarrassed every time. And I'm like, you know what? I don't want any of that energy.
0: I'm generally like that. I do have a, you know, a well, heat, a heat to me.
1: Yeah, but the thing is, is about that is like you. It's funny because you are super chill but you also are just like so honest that you can be chill right because there's no and this is just my like i don't know if this is how you feel about yourself but from what i pick up it's like hey man i'm gonna tell you exactly how it is like take it or leave it yeah you're not gonna get me upset because i know i can see what's going on here yeah, and it's a beautiful thing.
0: No, it's it, it's something that I've had to work on. You know, I'm I'm not sure I always had that, but again, that comes with that like self awareness and everything. Yeah, you know, ten years from now, you may say that about yourself a little bit more, and not that I'm going to play old guy card <laughs> too many times on this, but but literally, it is kind of that like you know, this is the way it is. This is the way that I feel. I've taken 42 years to get to this point of where I feel the way that I do. And there's not much you can do to kind of steer me in any particular direction. So, yeah, um, let's speaking of old, let's roll it back. Let's go all the way back to, to uh, when you were unnamed in a baby on the way. No, um, <laughs> early life. Tell me about your family, your upbringing, kind of where you're from, and just give me a picture of what family life was like when you were a kid.
1: Yeah. Um, my mom was, when I was really young, my mom was going to school to get a master's degree to be a teacher. So eventually she was a teacher and my dad was a firefighter, which if you think about it is like the most American way you can grow up. <laughs> sure. You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. White picket fence right there. School
1: teacher, firefighter, yep. two kids, one boy, one girl. Yeah. And Is your um,
0: sister Reese Witherspoon and do you live in Pleasantville? <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, it was, we had a lot of fun while I was growing up. I definitely couldn't complain about anything. I I had an amazing childhood. I was the kid who my mom thankfully like put me out for a bunch of sports that she was like, Ryan, you're going to play basketball. And I was like, all right, cool. You're going to do baseball. All right, whatever. Right. But I was out there like playing hangman with myself in the dirt, in the, you know, like second base, you know, I was just head in the clouds, space cadet kid, (laughs) happy as hell, but like didn't give a shit about anything. And then Ritalin and Adderall entered my world. (laughs) And then I kind of like, it's weird because I can't imagine right now giving that to my kid. It's speed, it's crazy. And right. I still take it sometimes, you know, by prescription, of course. Anybody's sure. listening, all right. Yeah. But but uh yeah, so I was kind of just bopping around doing whatever was shiny at the time.
0: Where is this? Where are you where are you growing up?
1: It started in Redford. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then moved to Livonia. Why did you point
0: through. at me? Did I, did because... you get just come to a part in a, did we talk about Redford <laughs> on, a, on another podcast? Yeah.
1: I just listened to the Olivia episode okay, and you guys she was both said your families were from Redford.
0: Yes. All right. So give me the streets
1: uh, MacArthur and Woodworth.
0: Holy shit. Okay, so yeah. you're really close to...
1: Yeah, it was like Seven Mile Beach Daily area.
0: Yeah, that's where my, my mom grew up on Olympia, right by Seven and Ugh. Beach. There's the the Y on the corner, the yep. old YMCA. And then she was like two blocks down from that. And then my dad grew up on Brady, which is a couple blocks further, down by the... I think there's a park wow. right there. Wow. Uh, Claude Allison Park.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, Claude Allison. Yeah. There's a a school there, too, I think. I used to yep. play basketball there. Yep,
0: yep. So we we grew up in that neighborhood, and yeah, both of those those streets, I, I couldn't place them, but super familiar. Yeah. So you grew up in Redford.
1: Grew up then... there, eventually moved to Livonia, um, and my parents were, throughout my life, have just gotten more and more um, just staunchly Roman Catholic- And I was very into that at a time, went to youth group, mostly for the girls and (laughs) just kind of like believed, you know? Sure. And then this sounds so cliche, but like went to college, Yep. realized that I didn't actually believe most, if not any of that. Sure. Yeah. And
0: whole nother podcast right there. Right. And that's the whole, (laughs)
1: like, if my mom listens to this, which she might, I was going to send it to him. Depending on how it goes. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. But we're uh, not going to go
0: too dark. But uh, yeah, you know, we'll dig a little.
1: Yeah, but yeah, they're like, they, I'm glad that I was raised religiously because I think there are some kind of basic human ethic things that come sure. with that. Yeah. But at the same time, now it's it's a point of friction for sure between sure. me and my family. Yeah. So
0: what do you resent about your mother, Ryan? Let's, yeah. get, in, <laughs> let's get dark here yeah. now. Um, so. Through all this, you've mentioned sports, you've mentioned Catholicism. Um, when does music enter the equation? What is your earliest memory of music in your house, and what was it?
1: Man, my mom sang in the church choir and played this beautiful full body Takamine guitar, which she still has, which I hope to inherit one day. Oh, nice! And that was just kind of lying around the house, um, and she never told me not to touch it. So I touched it, and then she bought me one of those factory edition, like $150 Yamaha comes with the amp, you get it from Walmart type of guitars. And I played Brain Stew by Green Day on that thing for like two summers in a row. Yes, And eventually got into a place to, you know, was graduating high school, had no idea what I wanted to do. A friend of mine was like, hey, come play guitar in our band. So I talked to my parents. He was significantly older at the time. And he like came and talked to my parents and convinced them to allow me to take a year off in between high school and college to do music. Oh, wow. Which to me was like, like I can't even believe my parents are capable of being talked into this. Sure. Let alone thinking that I had a choice. Right. You know? Yeah. But um, so I started playing guitar in this band. We had one... I myspaced Art from Everclear to see if we could play their album release show in New York. Oh, wow. And he answered and said, yes. Wow. So. <laughs> Fucking
0: Art Alexakis.
1: Dude, yeah, we went there, showed up, obviously no advance. Yeah. You know what, we weren't emailing, like I, we showed up at like noon that day and the, the venue manager was like, I don't know who the fuck you are, you're not on the bill, I don't know what you're talking about. Right. So Art shows up a couple hours later and it was like, no, no, man, just let him play. Just let him play. Sure. So they were like, here's fifty bucks for some pizza, you guys get a 15 minute set. Yeah. And it was at Irving Plaza in New Fuck York City. Yeah. Jesus. And I was like, holy shit. Like you can <laughs> just talk to people and they'll do things like this. Yeah. So ended up going to Ferris for music industry management. Okay. Which was a total waste of time. Yep. And Guaranteed. Guaranteed waste. I wish I seriously say this so often. Dude, they're to... our
0: sponsor. Don't talk about that. No, they're not. They're not. No. You, I'm oh, not shit.
1: just like it's not just because I'm talking to you here now. I when I talk to people about Ferris, I say, I wish, and I don't know if this is what you actually did, but in my head, I wish that I would have just done what Nate did and just start throwing shows. And with like, I could have been so much farther along. Right. With four and a half years of, of
0: just of just like doing it.
1: Yeah. Just elbow grease. Totally. Yeah. And that's actually where I found out about you was Ferris, and through Connor. No, actually through through he doesn't know me, but through Jeff Pianki. Oh wow! Okay. Because I one of my actually is one of my best friends Nate Hannon, who's a beautiful musician. um, Loved Jeff Pianki. Grew up. I think they went to the same high school together.
0: Okay, in Milford.
1: Yeah, and through Jeff, I learned about Fusion and Ron Howard and you. And I was like cranking off emails, mostly to Ron, because he responded and was like super like, hey, let's let's talk about this, even though I was being so dumb. yeah And one of my uh, closest, couple of my closest friends there at Ferris were in a band called The Hand in the Ocean. Mm -hmm. And I was like, hey, let me manage you guys like i think you could be big which i did and i think i could manage you which i did think i could even right. though i had no idea what that meant
0: you did it poorly just like i've oh, yeah. i'm still doing to this day right totally man yeah yep
1: did it terribly and yeah. that was the best because at the end of ferris i convinced are, um, I don't know what you call him the guy who was in charge of the music industry management program yeah. to, uh, advisor, I guess, Yeah, to let me fraud. do an independent study. He was the head
0: fraud. Of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> big time. Look, you, I don't mean to talk shit, but like, you can't have a music business department in Big Rapids, Michigan.
1: Exactly. There's
0: no, I don't understand how that even was, a, I, I mean, look, I I came out of Owasso. I went to school in Owasso, so I know, yeah. like, that, how both of us landed in this business, uh Dude, is is beyond me.
1: The the amount of classmates <laughs> that I have from there that are still doing music it's is like, like three.
0: Three. Right. Yeah. Right.
1: And they're killing it. Yeah. Because they're like, I'm gonna make it with or without this. Sure. But yeah, Which man. is
0: I which is any college degree, right? Yeah, yeah. I you think know, so. I mean, you know, some of them are are pave pave the road with gold to some, you know, posh job, but generally it's about you.
1: Definitely, you man. You know,
0: and, and look, the piece of paper. If I hadn't gone to Baker, I would have never w- met my wife. Mm. I would, You know, none of the things would have happened, so I don't regret anything that I did. Yeah. But I'm certainly like, man, if things were different, you know? And I'm always yeah. the guy at the fucking uh, industry conferences or whatever that doesn't have any cool, like, tattoos. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't like, tour with breed, you know? Like, I'm not, like, some fucking... <laughs> You know, I was on stage, twelve years old, stage diving to fucking, you know. Yeah. Bad brains. It's like, no, I'm, I I went to school. I don't know. I went and saw Matchbox Twenty with my wife, like that.
1: Wait, what was your first concert ever that you saw?
0: I saw, and that's the other thing, right? I was eighteen, so I didn't even go to sc- shows in high school, which yeah. is so funny because I've booked shows for like high school and college kids my whole <laughs> life. Um, I went and saw Eve Six and Third Eye Blind
1: at St. Andrew's Hall
0: at Hill Auditorium. Oh, for the MTV Campus Invasion Tour. Wow! And then that same week, I saw Fuel at St. Andrews. Damn! And then I just fell in love with it from there.
1: Aaron toured with Eve Six oh, as wow. a friend.
0: Yeah, and they were look that you know that that dude's had a little resurgence lately with his Twitter personality which has been fantastic
1: oh i you know, miss like, that
0: kind of own, oh really yeah the last three months they i think they put out a new record or a new single or something but leading into it he was just the most like b- brutally honest about that era of music and it was great i mean he was having all kinds of these twitter arguments and conversations and stuff just kind of trolling people but also like being super spot on of, yeah like, look, we're fucking Eve 6. <laughs> we made all of our money on that Here's to the Night yep. and that Inside Out song. He always, he, um, he would identify himself as the the hard in, in a Blender band or the Heart in a Blender guy.
1: Were those songs on two different records? Yeah. Lucky them. Yes, yeah. Because if those were on the same record, they would have been maybe not rich. if you really
0: want to get into eve six trivia we can just i can break down the discography i'm good (laughs) yeah see i don't yeah we don't need to do that um so you went to ferris yeah um you kind of mentioned that you had multiple jobs before getting into music in any fashion so coming out of college what did that look like was that just like Work in, I, I mean, I worked at Staples and Home Depot and McDonald's and the lumber yard and all these places. Is that oh, kind wait, of wait?
1: What Lumberyard?
0: Herb Lumber.
1: Okay. I worked at Carter.
0: Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Same deal though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Probably you and I sort could probably the wood. Go, go, go drive Hilos. Yep. Hell yeah. We should have a Hilo race. Dude, we got to find go. two Hilos yeah.
1: <laughs> next Bloodfest. Yeah. You and I, right?
0: You and I, uh, uh, we we could have a contest to un uh, unload an uneven truck bed.
1: <laughs> have you ever busted out the back of a delivery truck when it was all loaded with your high-low? Oh no, oh. <laughs> I I, uh,
0: I buried my forks in a in like the concrete to where I dug up the concrete. So we we nice. both we both yeah yeah <laughs> I love it. Um, so was that kind of like where your career your career at that point was just like jobs or?
1: You know, um, my dad and my dad's side of the family, and I think my mom too, but especially my dad, was like, son, you're 12, you're getting a job. And just like very, like my grandpa was like cut down trees to build his own house in Colorado. And so my dad grew up essentially with that guy. And (laughs) um, so my dad instantly was like, I think it was actually 11 when he was like, you're gonna get a paper route. I was like, okay, so I got a paper out, Yeah, and then as soon as I was, I think fourteen, which is like the legal you can work age. Sure. He was like, uh, "I'm going to take you. You're going to fill out a bunch of applications." To so most of my shitty jobs, luckily, were in high school and college. So pretty early on. Pretty early on. Yeah. Although I did work at Carter after college, and um, I was doing independent study, which essentially was just me going to a shit ton of shows, trying to meet anybody that I could. And while I was doing that, I was like, well this is going nowhere, and I've got $70,000 worth of student loans, so I better get a job at Quicken Loans.
0: Which now, tw- 10 years later, is $68,000 in student loans because that's no, how quickly it gets paid off, right?
1: It's actually more because if oh, no. you pay it off, <laughs> then yeah, it goes down. <laughs> but right. if you ignore it, then that's, it doesn't.
0: That's what you have kids for. They can pay it off.
1: Right? I just, the thing about that is, <laughs> I've spent so much time in between now and then like believing that I could work in music and make money doing it. Sure. Spent so many years, I think three years in a row, I made less than $12,000. And let me tell you, I was so thankful for any money during yeah. that time yep. to do what I was doing with the people I was doing it with. I didn't think about the money. Yeah. You know, I was like, fuck it. I can pay my rent like I'm eating. Yep. somebody's paying me to travel with them right now. Right. You know, I don't care how much that is. If I can do it, I'm going to do it.
0: Trust me, I was there uh, negotiating how much we could pay <laughs> you the first time. And yeah. it was something along the lines of, we could probably do like $15 a day. Yeah. Plus, if you get, you know, it was if like, we sell merch, you get a percentage of it that It was like
1: or 5% of the merch. Yeah. And I was like, great, I'll t- let's, let's go. do it. Yeah. yeah.
0: Right. Because, you know, in the beginning, the band can't even afford to, to put gas in the van. Let exactly. alone bring human beings with them that require... Yeah sustenance and whatever.
1: The payment was my presence.
0: Right. If anything, you know, you almost want them to pay you for the seat of the band, (laughs) right? So, all right. So you, uh, coming out of college, you're trying to manage this band, The Hand in the Ocean. Where does it kind of go from there?
1: I mean, it went south pretty quick because they were... Um, And I hope they're listening when I say they were just too cool to do anything that I (laughs) had in mind, (laughs) which were terrible ideas, of course. Sure, But, uh, you know, at least it was something. And I was, uh, they were really conscious about, like, not selling out. And I was like, well, we're not making any money, so don't worry about that. Right. Um, But (laughs) Congratulations, you did it. You did it. It kind of, that petered out when I started working at Quicken Loans. And I actually remember... Standing up uh, maybe 11 months into my Quicken Loans career Mm -hmm. and looking over the sea of cubicles, taking a deep breath in between my like 72nd and 73rd phone call of the day. Sure. And I I just had the distinct thought, I am never going to work in music. I missed my chance. And then I met Aaron who ended up down the road changing that for me. Sure. Which, in a way, I couldn't have predict. But another thing is, it's like, I wouldn't be where I was now unless I went to college, which I think was a mistake, unless I managed the hand in the ocean, right. which I think I did terribly. Yeah. So it's like all of these bad ideas.
0: Oh, I did so many stupid-ass things. Dude, how I can still, you not? I still, to this day,
1: The other option stupid-ish. is going fetal and staying in bed all day or right. working a job that you know you hate. Like yeah. you have to take chances yep. and you have to do stuff and realize like this is gonna look so fucking dumb. People are gonna think I'm an idiot. I kind of think I'm an idiot. I don't know if this is gonna work, but let's do it anyway.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I've been posting those on this day on my Facebook. Just as like a memory thing as we don't have shows, I've been posting every day. The shows that I booked on that day throughout the years, nice. and just recently there was one that was like this Christian rock band and this Juggalo rap group that I put on the same show. <laughs> oh
1: my god! And like, wait, did you do that on purpose? I, like, well, yeah, because to fuck but, with
0: people. No, 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 no. Okay. It was it was uh, when we fr- first started booking shows. We had this really beautiful ideal that like genre didn't matter, mm. and we specifically mixed up genres. But then there were also this was shows in underground. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this is 2004, 2005. And there was this band called BIC believers in Christ. So, I mean, we're talking uh-huh. Christian rock band owning it. Great dudes, great band. They were, you know, whatever. And then this, uh this juggalo rap group named dementia. And then this other rock band that was kind of grungy and, if i say their name you'll be like yeah that was a grunge band they're called the scourge okay yeah <laughs> and they're all on the same bill right wow. and it was like that's what we did back then but it didn't work
1: what church's basement was the show at
0: <laughs> that was no this was probably at the rec center which okay. is like you know just like a vfw type hall or whatever um so there was none of that to worry about per yeah. se but it just didn't you know BIC's fans stayed outside when Dementia played, and Dementia didn't have any fans, so nobody watched them. And then it just was like Classic. this whole, you know, this Tale whole thing. This right, right. So, look, you know, we're we're always making those mistakes. I, I managed to have like steered clear of of that, but like, you know, I, I managed everyone poorly, and I will say up until the end, even when I managed Jax, and Jax will give me, you know. Merit for like, you were the one that understood me and whatever, but like, I was still poorly managing Jax. I was still poorly managing Sherman. But you
1: were the right person at the right time to do it. Sure,
0: right. I I cared. Yeah. I was caring for Jax. I wasn't really through,
1: Like, sellouts. Like, we did some cool shit. Right. Yeah. We
0: did some cool shit, but you know, and I don't, I'm not even talking shit about myself. It's just I'm not a manager. Okay. And I thought maybe I could be, you know? So you have to just take that risk. You know, I loved, when I saw Jack's play for the first time, I was blown away. And you know, I mean, oh, you yeah. know, oh yeah, we we both have managed Jack's now. <laughs> yeah. um, when I saw Shortly for the first time, I was blown away. Man. When I saw Koji for the first time, when I saw American Opera for the first time, mm. when I saw a lot of Spute for the first time, which I never really managed a lot of Spute. I helped for a little bit and yeah. then they blew up and they didn't need me anymore and that was great. Like that's,
1: that's the goal that's all i ever wanted right
0: right i wanted to be the gap yep this the, the stop gap you, like, between plug right, them right yes into where they belong and then they go right yeah and yeah so all right so you're you're managing this band they're too cool mm-hmm. you move on they move on whatever where does it go from there? So there's a there's an internship here.
1: Yeah, that was kind of almost nothing. Um, it's probably not even worth talking about, although it did It goes on a resume
0: me. and you hope nobody asks about of it. Of
1: course, Okay, yeah. all right. Th- what that taught me is how not to do PR. Okay, and, very good. Um, so I started, I was working at Quicken. I quit Quicken, not knowing what else I was going to do. Mm-hmm. And I was fun employed for like, six months off that sweet, sweet, quick and lovely. <laughs> I've never mind. heard
0: that before, but that's awesome. Oh, it was great. Fun employee. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> and um I met Aaron somewhere in there. And she had actually Okay, so
0: we gotta break this down a little bit. Yeah. You met Aaron, you keep saying Erin, but these people don't know yeah. who are listening. So my who's wife. Aaron?
1: Your your wife. My uh my she used to be my <laughs> ex-girlfriend and now she's my wife.
0: Heck yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there we
1: go. Yeah. Um she actually got into music because her aunt was the GM at St. Andrews. And that's how she met Eve Six and went on the road with them for a couple of weeks and just was like going to shows all the time. So eventually, uh, several segues from that, uh, I met her, she was working at a hospital, but she was really good friends with Dave Zania, mm-hmm. owner of the Majestic Magic Stick yep. Garden Bowl, yep. Sergeant Pepperonis. Yes. And best
0: slice in town.
1: Best slice in town. She was on a bowling league with Dave And one night they were, you know, drinking, bowling. And Dave was like, I need somebody to be my events coordinator. And she was like, I'll quit my job and do it. So she did. And she got working there. Um, We were dating. We stopped dating. Then she hit me up and was like, hey, do you know anybody who would be a good show booker for the Majestic Cafe? And I said, yeah, Lauren Roberts. You should hire her. She'd be great. Yeah. And then I've
0: been trying to hire Lauren for like five years.
1: Dude, get in line, man. She's the best. Yeah. She's like, she's great. Yep. And uh, she actually like took me under her wing when I was just a lowly Live Nation street team member. Um,
0: I managed the Live Nation street team for a year. Oh. I don't know if you knew that.
1: No, I didn't know that. That's crazy. Uh,
0: 2007, 2008. That's where man. I met Lauren. Okay. Lauren was on my street team. Wow. She was one of like the veterans.
1: Yep. She's incredible. And
0: uh, yeah, she's great.
1: Yeah, man. But yeah, the next morning I woke up after recommending her for it, texting Aaron. You know, she hit me up about the job, but she's my ex girlfriend, so I was kind of like, uh, "Do you mind if I apply sure. for this job?" Yeah, which I low key think might have been what she was getting at, anyway. Right. But um, so she went, and I had I interviewed with Aaron and Dave. Which was Aaron awesome. like it was so weird, but she vouched for me sure. and was like, "Ryan's been throwing all these house shows, and he like knows a bunch of people who were in bands." And the Majestic Cafe, we called the cap three hundred, but if it was over one hundred and fifty, you know, it was
0: like, yeah, it was tiny. Someone's gonna die. Yeah.
1: yeah, so I got into booking shows there and did it really badly again. And had some good ones, some like luck out moments. I'm sure. pretty sure first week I hit you up about Jacks. Yeah. And her and I were buds at that point, but nothing more. Um, and you were like, no, fuck you. Get in, li- get in line, yeah. bro. Yeah. <laughs> this shit's blowing up. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, you know, come play your damn cafe. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. So luckily that turned into the, the person who was... The production manager at the Majestic Theater at that point was a total just like, she's doing better now, but man, she was not in a good place. She was like a pill head and stuff like that and ended up missing work. Um, So Dave was like, we need somebody who knows the building to come do this, like fill in. Yep. So I did it, ended up doing it for a long time until I was doing both jobs, booking the cafe and production manager in the theater. And like it was just grinding me down to my nubbins. Yeah. And uh, Jax and I... Tyler, you like nubbins? (laughs) Nubbins. Yeah. (laughs) I just see her chuckle (laughs) over there. That caught me off guard. (laughs) Yeah. He's got to write that down in his notes. (laughs) Nubbins. (laughs) Um, Jax and I had recently reconnected our friendship um her and Shaq and Aaron and I had like grabbed coffee and Aaron and Shaq were having a conversation and me and Jax were just kind of like
0: the other not two. really
1: in the room okay we're both like our heads in a different place right now like depressed kinda uh me because of you know I was crawling around on my nubbins and <laughs> her because her mom had just died yeah and I wasn't really thinking about that but Man, this sounds so strange, but it Aaron and Shaq were talking next to us and I like looked at Jackson kind of like aside, was just like, hey, do you ever just think about death? Oh Jesus. And she leaned in and she was like, Yes, oh my God. Right. And like so we started, to, you know, talking so about that So you flip
0: you flip Jax's switch. If you know Jax Anderson. Right. Which uh, a lot of us that you know are around this group do, you find something and you you can turn her switch on and she just like yes. she explodes. So I could just see the way you sat up in your chair to like emulate her.
1: Yeah, like you yeah.
0: broke through the little bit of like glaze sometimes that forms over Jack's. Yeah, and then she just explodes into you like nothing this, but energy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's like, I, at that time, her and I were pals. I mean, we were close enough to get together for a coffee, you know? And then after that, we hung out a couple of times and she was like, I need a tour manager. And I was like, I need to get the fuck out of the Majestic Theater because I can't do this anymore. And I was like, I think I could do what you're talking about. So that- I've
0: got two full-time jobs. I would much rather get in a van and get paid $10 a day. Exactly. <laughs> 5% yeah. of your merch yeah. <laughs> to drive
1: 12 totally. hours
0: at a time, right?
1: Yeah. So that's what I did. And um, that just snowballed into everything. You know, I mean, somehow one thing led to another. She went through a couple of management changes. Yep. And I was there as a tour manager, but also like sort of confidant, you know, in a yep. way, like yep. we're living together in a van. Right. I'm the person that whichever manager is managing her is going through to get her to the interviews on time and things like that. Yep. So that just kind of naturally led into a day-to-day management position, which, um, you know, I mean, like the the project that you learn on is always messy. Yeah. Like me and Jax are so close as friends, but now I think very much in a place to where we're like, let's just be friends. Yeah let's not do any of the other stuff because we've done we've kind of gone as far as we can go together professionally
0: it's like a fucked up um sort of like a marriage i guess i always say that a band is like a marriage right
1: yeah three, it is
0: three four five way marriage but then you're also married to your manager in in like a in unhealthy way yeah like you were set up by like in countries where they set you up with a, with a with a mate, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. where like it made sense from all of the perspectives, except for the perspective of like the personal. Yes, you know, like this makes sense for me from a financial standpoint. Yeah, and from like a, um, like kind of like the way we live vicariously through our kids, you know, like. We want you to play baseball because we played baseball, but we want you to be better than we ever were. You know? <laughs> and like, yeah. so you've got this like pressure thing that you put on each other and all of these. Yeah, dude, I know. I mean, it, you and I connect on that level in the same way. You know, my thing was never really about Jacks; It was more about me and my abilities and my... Ability to give her all of me as opposed to just, like, part, you know, because yeah. I did this other thing full-time, too, and then I totally. had all these other responsibilities and whatever. Um, And, you know, a dude who went to school in Owasso, a dude who went to school in Big Rapids. Yeah. Like, we don't fucking know what you need to do in Australia to get on the radio or what dude. the fuck ever. Like, we're supposed to be that person as the manager. And there's only so many people that have those keys, right? They yeah. just like, and it took them a long time to get there. And so, I think,
1: yeah, yeah. I, I was the worst at that too, because she would be like, well, this or this, what should I do? And I'd be like, oh, we'll do this. <laughs> well, we'll try and then she'd huh? be like, well, what about that? And I'd be like, oh, you're right. You should do that. Right. So I'm like, as the wind blows, like giving sure. her advice. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, I'm not qualified. Like, <laughs> I I'm, don't know. I'm, we've, her and I, like, we reached our pinnacle as me being the tour manager like yeah. i and that's not me for anybody i can't get you signed to a major label or yep. get you a giant fifty thousand dollar paycheck but i could uh help you figure out what artwork you want to use i can and, see like, it in your you eyes and... when you
0: haven't eaten
1: right yeah you know? totally i yeah. can
0: see it in your eyes when you need a break Yep. i think you always had that like going back to the marriage thing, you were best friends and not, you know, it wasn't supposed to be the marriage. It was always supposed to be like the person that looked out for them from an emotional standpoint. And I'm the same, you know, I'm the same way. We could probably go all day on the similarities of our relationships (laughs) with Jax, you know? Wait,
1: I'm sorry. There's one other thing that like just came to my mind in case Jax is listening. I got to bring it up because it's like the key to a good relationship with, if you have, Like a you know a tour manager artist relationship. Yeah, yeah. We had this thing um, agree and walk away, is what we really called it to ourselves, but we called it an AWOA. Okay. And so it's like if you're talking to somebody and I can see that they're just punishing you, they're just like talking, talking, talking. You know, a fan. Sure. And (laughs) just like walk up to you and be like, "Hey, did you sign the AWOA?" And she'd be like, oh no, like I totally forgot. And be like, hey, I'm sorry, uh, fan, like I'm so sorry to do this. I gotta take her away, she's gotta sign the AWA. (laughs) Yeah, it works like a charm. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. Safe words.
0: That's so good, yeah. It's, uh, you guys really developed that. And like, I I feel like that was the strongest point for me was early on when you were out on the road with her and we were conversing every day and all those kind of things, but like, yeah, you know, we, I think we skip over a lot of stuff too. Um, and we'll, we'll dig back in a minute. I want to, I want to take a second real quick here, um, to shout out our sponsor. I don't really know if there's a great transition from, uh, an AWA into, um, (laughs) two foot parade, but, um, there are costs involved with doing podcasts, obviously there are costs involved with doing everything. And, this year with, with the way COVID kind of uh, did what it did, you know, we, we tried to take this thing in house and I just randomly posted it on Facebook one day like, hey, if anybody would like to give us money to do this podcast and tell these important stories of my friends and all those kind of things. Just, you know, it's it's kind of like asking the Internet to hang out. When you're like, yo, let's hang tonight. And fucking no one ever answers that shit. And it makes you feel like crap. But you know that, like, if you just texted your friend directly and be like, yo, let's hang out, they'd be like, down, like, come on over. But that's what I thought I was doing. And I still do it to this day. I like self sabotage myself in that way. I'm just like, pay for my podcast. Blah, blah, blah. And Gabe from Two Foot Parade was like, yo, I'll pay for your podcast. And it was so cool. It was like one of the few times where that like general reach out, like there's a good thing that I'm doing and I need help and can internet help me. Yeah. I had never met Gabe before. Um Gabe runs a, a label called Two Foot Parade and they probably want me to not say their name as much as saying the label's name, but literally to me it's 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 a one-person operation. Um I haven't met the other two folks that are with Two Foot Parade, but it's all about family it's about music it's about uh exactly what we're talking about with you and i with jacks like getting that the artist to a certain point and then releasing them out into the wild to like get better right yes i i'm capable of this and then we want to get you to somebody who's capable of the next step right two foot parade is doing the step that they're in so fucking well it's a cassette and cd based label out of Kalamazoo, out of Southwestern Michigan. And they work with artists like Nest Lake, like Shankool, um, Closet Goth, a bunch of like Midwest, and then one artist all the way out in Arizona. And they just put out physical product that looks amazing. And it just allows that artist to have something tangible in this world where it's so hard to have anything tangible everything's about stream counts and all these things but like i still like putting my hands on a record same and vinyl is really expensive so what gabe has done with two foot parade is they've set it up to to um sell cds still they, they find value in cds and cassettes and they they just put out a new Shang cool cassette which is just absolutely gorgeous um And then they've got this really cool way of paying artists. Basically, what they do is they set up the pressing for how many ever, whether it's 100 or 200 copies or whatever. And then once half of the pressing has sold, they they front all the costs. Once half of the pressing has sold, they pay the artist as if the entire pressing sold. Because they know that the rest are going to sell. They're like, we got halfway. We can get the rest of these sold. So they just pay them all of the money. And then the artist has the money from the pressing. They can go and reinvest it in other things, other projects, things like that, in tours. It's just a cool idea. Man. So Two Foot Parade, thank you for making this podcast possible. We really appreciate you. Uh, Go to at Two Foot Parade on Twitter and Instagram. Go to twofootparade.com. Buy something. The, The tapes are like six or seven bucks. And even if you don't have a cassette player, they look rad on your shelf. And it's really cool to support independent artists doing cool shit. So... Thanks again. I I told Gabe when we first met, I'm like, I'll give you like, you know, sixty second things and then I rant for like five minutes on how great they are every episode. So
1: do they take artist submissions?
0: Uh they do. Um uh, on their website. Yeah, right on their website. Oh, wow. So okay. yeah, very good at getting back and just communicating. Because again, they're you know, they're doing this for the right reasons. Nice. They're not looking to get rich off of any of these things. You you put out a hundred cassettes, <laughs> you're not yeah. getting rich off of anything. Um it's just a cool thing to be a part of. So super thankful for our sponsor and for their support. And uh, please uh, reciprocate that support and go check out TwoFootParade.com for cool tapes. i become a tape guy.
1: God, you've got the perfect podcast voice.
0: I, <laughs> oh, thanks, man. I'm right up in the microphone today. I'm like right up in here. Um, dude, it's so good to see you.
1: Yeah, man. Seriously, it's really this nice. is fun.
0: This is fun. I guess... You know, I've had folks reach out, speaking of, of Gabe or or just artists in general that I haven't really worked with in the past. I've had artists be like, hey, can I come on your podcast? And I'm like, I don't think it would work. Like, yeah. hi, who are you? Tell me about your band. What, <laughs> you know, like, if I don't have this, like yeah. these things, and, and it's funny because the, my favorite part about this podcast is me learning things about you. You're the type of dude who like... We're to the point now when we leave, we're like, I love you, man. And we mean it. <laughs> yeah. But I fucking don't know a damn thing about you, really. That's like, how in, I like in it. The, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't mean, like, I just love digging deeper, you yeah. know? I mean, I had all this I had all this time with Alex over the years, managing shortly. And yeah. And I've done all these shows with, you know, with Olivia and, and with Jason. And I learned so much from these things because we allow ourselves the time, and maybe it's under this pretense of this being a thing, right? Like, here for now is a podcast, and blah, I put on The Voice, and what, but, like, ultimately, all I'm doing is, like, doing the thing I wish I could do with you, like, in my driveway, and just, like, around the grill, where it's just like, let's fucking dig deep, let's not talk about, like, all the shit that is going on in the world right now that we're all frustrated about, like, let's talk about the things that make us stoked to know each other, so, Thanks, I appreciate the Dude. compliment, but like I'm just fucking vibing right now and feeling good. So same,
1: man. Which, I actually just want to say real quick too on that note that yeah. um, you know I listened to a couple of the podcasts because you just have a bunch of my friends on here. Sure. And I'm like, how am I get, how am I going to not listen to Brian's podcast with Nate DeRoe yeah. and Jason's? You know, and uh, man, I felt the same way. I really felt like I was listening. I felt like I was with you guys listening to you guys just chat. Yeah, And it was almost better that I couldn't interject because then I really got to hear more you were, from you and Jason and you and Brian you, and you, you and Chris. You would fucking and, ruin it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, for real though. Like, listen, I learned things that I, like some of my, you know, Brian... It's like one of my all time best friends, right, and listening to that podcast, there was some stuff on there. I was like, I did not know that, even though I knew he was going to pick Queen as the greatest performer sure. of all time okay. right
0: right right, right. <laughs> but look that you know you can't <laughs> fucking argue right you no, know?
1: you can't that's the <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> going back to the idea of like you know being um folks that run. Parallel. We've done a bunch of cool shit together. Yeah, we obviously manage the same artist, the Fisher you Show. You know, man. yeah. Let, let rewind it back because you you kind of rip through like I managed Jax, and I didn't manage Jax, and then I'm now I'm friends with Jackson, and like all these things. But like, let's talk about some moments in all of this managing the theater, the Majestic Cafe. Um, you know, it wasn't just F- Flynn Eastwood and Jax. It was the errors and some other like. Yeah, tell me about a couple moments that like still stick with you as like i can't believe that we fucking did that and like as much as i'm stoked about what we did at um the fisher yeah which is a mind fucking we can get into that for sure like i still to this day i'm like how did we do that
1: the fact that they side note uh, like said came out and said they were never going to do a show there again after that was like we did it right
0: sure yeah. right like we pushed the boundaries so it was what 2000 was that 17 or 18 must
1: have been 18 2000 i end of 2017
0: it was april 14th i know that so actually okay. what is today holy it, fuck oh my <laughs> god is it april 14th today april 13th oh fuck. whoa okay so here here's let me let me so on april 14th God, I feel like it was 2017. But anyway. It might have been. 2017, 2018, I'm not sure. We did a show. I was running fusion shows with the Crowfoot. And we were able to use the, um, what they call the arcade, which is the main hall of the Fisher Building, which is an architectural masterpiece. Beautiful building right in New Center, Detroit, kind of on the north side of downtown. And we threw a party (laughs) just... 1,400, 1,500 people packed into this thing, uh, broke every rule about how to do a show right as far as like that room shouldn't have sounded as good as it did. It should, None of it should have worked, but it worked. It was the greatest lineup with Flynn Eastwood, Toondale Honor, and an all-star jam with Sibling and all of the Assemble residents, and then Michigander as the opener. Oh, my so God, like, I
1: forgot about uh, that.
0: Yeah. Um, so last year... I'm just speaking to the fact that we're talking about this on the day before the anniversary of this show. Yeah. Um, Last year, I was sitting at home a month into the pandemic and fucking sad. Mm. Like, just sad. And I felt this draw to, like, get in my car and drive. So I drove from Heartland, down 23... Out 96, drove east, and I'm like, I'm just going to drive down Woodward. Nice. Drive down Woodward, um, through Ferndale, through whatever's in between. I guess it goes straight into Detroit at that point. And then, like, as you're driving through, like, the Highland Park and all that area... It's kind of like, okay, they're not, and then all of a sudden the Fisher building is lit up in front of me it's, yes. uh, and it's, and it's really eerie because everything's dark at this point. Like everything's shut off. There's no one in the streets. Everybody's masked up and like staying home. They're scared. They don't know what, they don't know that they can't, that they can mask up and get out of the house. Right. Yeah. So everything's just shut down. So I'm driving down. I could have just like, I could have parked in the middle of Woodward and done whatever I want, you know, like <laughs> yeah. taking a picture or whatever. It, it, there was no one anywhere. And I drove, and the Fisher was right there. Man. And I, I, it's beautiful, right? It's lit up the way they light it up. It's against the city skyline. And I'm driving, and I'm like, I drove by it. And then I'm like, somehow I, on the way home, I drove through downtown. It was all lit up. And then I came back out the lodge, and I saw it again. And I was like, what day? Oh, my fucking Lord. It, like, it called me. That place said, come down and see me today. on the anniversary. I didn't know. It was
1: April 14th? It was April 14th. Wow. It was
0: 1130, 12 o'clock and like three or four years or five years or whatever. How many ever years ago it was, we were cleaning up that building, loading out with that like (laughs) accomplishment feeling.
1: Oh my God.
0: And we're literally on the moment. I mean, it's like I said, it's like 1130. People are going home and telling people like, you missed the fuck out.
1: Yep. And, and they did oh they did
0: but like i pulled off the highway and i just sobbed just i let all of the pandemic shit out and i was just like there is some meaning like that yes. fucking building and that that night called me downtown to like feel some shit that night and yeah. it's still to this day like I, when I was like, what day is it? I thought we were on April 14th again with you in (laughs) this chair, having this conversation. I was like, what is it? Right. And it is close enough. Yeah. What is it about what we did? So yeah, that was a good night.
1: That was such a good night. That was maybe the best night.
0: It might've been. It was a long day. Yeah. So we did, you know, before that, we did the
1: uh the shout, out, shout out Curtis, by the way, for running that shit, like, on the ground.
0: Well, he was the... F- that was his first, like, true fusion event. Man. When I brought him in. Wow. And, yeah, shout out everybody. Dude, like, for real. That was a team effort. That was, you know, I think that um, Assemble stepped aside a little bit. They were much more uh, part of the planning of the the um two James warehouse show we had oh, done yeah. the fall before. Yeah. Which was another legendary yeah. magical night full of uh PA systems that kept crashing yeah. and
1: power <laughs> subs that kept getting shorted. Right. Yeah, yeah, all
0: of those things. But um yeah, that was a weird time because um Lindsay was there.
1: Yeah, so that's what makes me think that it might have been 2017 because I yeah. think South by Southwest 2016 is when you kind of passed the baton to Lindsay. Is that right?
0: No, it would have been 2017.
1: Okay, well, then it must have been 2018 for the show at the Fisher. Because no. Lindsay was at the Fisher show and managing Jax at that point.
0: Well, no, and that's what I'm saying. I think I handed it off a month earlier.
1: Oh. So when I booked it,
0: I was Jax's manager. Oh, and when God, it played right. out, I wasn't
1: anymore. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: But anyway, getting in, we're, we're, this has just become a Jax Anderson podcast, <laughs> which I'm okay with. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Jax, yep. flipping through the channels the other day, land on that uh,
1: Popsicle... The Halo commercial. ice cream yeah. commercial, yeah. And I was
0: like, dude, I know this song.
1: Dude, I'm like, Who she is just dropped two songs, like boom, boom, one, one week, one the next. Yeah. Both songs are at like 150,000 streams on Spotify. And they're so good. She's killing
0: they're it. They're fucking awesome. I texted her. I'm like, I am yeah. so proud of you. Totally. And All right, so the, the question was, and I kind of took off with it, sorry. <laughs> right. The question is, tell me about a couple of those moments within that time that we just blasted through that were just like... I can't believe I'm involved with this. Let's start. I want to start. I want to. I want to point you in a direction. Okay. Um. To the theater. Okay. To the majestic. Whether yeah. it's the cafe or the theater. Yeah. Because you know, I don't. It's not my favorite venue.
1: Oh I'll yeah, be honest no. with
0: that. It really isn't. And, yeah. I, and like, I love the complex. I love being in the bowling alley and the pizza. I like the magic stick just fine. The majestic is what it is. It's obviously they've blew the walls out and the cafe is gone oh, Sad. but I'm sure you had some sad incredible me. incredible memories in that building so t- find, find one for me and tell us about it
1: you know most of the shows that I threw there were stinkers <laughs> and that's fine yep. um, because I never had a bad time and I always kind of thought it was my penance to stand at the front even if I was the only one there I'm like I booked this show I'm going to stand here I'm going to like be proud that I booked this show, yeah, and like if it's just me and like the two friends I have was like, please come and I'll buy you like thirty dollars <laughs> worth of beers, you know right so throughout that, any show that won was great, but I think honestly, you know the best show that I had at the cafe was Mirage. I
0: don't know what that is
1: you I think may have booked them in the past at the pyramids game. they were a Grand Rapids band. It was like a band, a singer, and two rappers. One of them is Motor Cam, who's amazing. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And um, I mean, we didn't lose. That's what made it great. (laughs) That's what made it great. And then, um, like at the theater, Danny Brown, Bruiser Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. I was the production manager for that. And, you know, I mean, there's other big names. Obviously, it's an 1100 cap room. You're gonna get some names you recognize through there. But all that was like work. And then showing up there at load-in at noon and Danny was there. And he just like walked up to me and like dapped me and was like, hey, I'm Danny. And I was like, hey, I know.
0: I fucking know. Yeah. You're not the poster, dude. Like,
1: <laughs> Yeah, but like- I'm under full
0: instructions to make your day great. So Totally.
1: But like, I know this sounds kind of like sleazy in a way, but to to be able to be in a position to where- some of my friends were like, hey, can you get me on the list? Can you get me backstage? And I was like, yeah, I can. You know? <laughs> yeah, dude. And like, it's the show that's like an easy sellout, like Detroit centric, Danny Brown. Hot ticket. Hot, dude. Yeah, it was, yeah. Like, and not only that, like, they deserved it. Like, sure. he's good. Yeah. You know, he's good on stage. His songs are good on record, which in the rap world, two totally different things. Yep. You know? Yep um i mean in any world but definitely in hip-hop yeah and and somehow you're
0: one of like the the five gateways into the room dude yeah Yeah. like
1: i'm the like saying to a security guard like no he's good and having
0: having that clout yeah
1: right i was just like it's not even clout because that sounds
0: egotistical i mean there is some ego to it right but it's also just like it's a payoff
1: yeah yeah it was
0: I was the guy who stood with that security guard as the only fucking person in the room watching some band that I worked with yeah and and then now I'm a part of I'm not the person that made this happen but I'm a big part of what's going on with this this big ass show definitely man that's the thing like I'm not an artist I don't I don't it's interesting to find out you played guitar and you were in a band. I didn't know that, but yeah. I don't have any of those skills. That is my moment. You know, yeah. when I'm in the room and somebody else is, is winning in that way is when I'm like, man, I was a part of this. And, you yeah. know, you go home and it's that buzz. You know, you go home two or three in the morning and you're still just like... Fucking ramped. You're yeah. like, I'm good. Let's, what could I do right now? <laughs> yeah, you yeah. come home from a 14 hour day and you try to book 10 more shows before I you do. go to bed. Yes, yeah. exactly.
1: And yeah. that's, yeah. And that's how you end up with some real losing ass shows. But, sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, right,
0: Every show is going to be like this. <laughs> right. I'm flinging money at everybody.
1: Yeah. But, yeah, man. That's yeah. as far as that goes, like, that's what sticks out to me mostly is is my time, not so much throwing shows, but being a part of shows that other smarter people booked that I got to touch, you know?
0: Yeah. So all of this, we haven't really, you haven't said the word assemble,
1: really. Oh, yeah.
0: I mean, you you probably have, but is that where, um, got to crack the second beer to yeah. say assemble. All there right, there we go. Um, <laughs> was Jax the entry to that? So you are managing, tour managing Jax, through kind of the assemble portal so to speak and then you and garrett manage jacks later on yeah. did you enter assemble like tell me tell me where that all comes in
1: well it was definitely separate um when i started tour managing No, let me think
0: about this so i feel Actually. like well, maybe maybe to rephrase it
1: yeah
0: assemble is kind of an unofficial thing at first,
1: yeah, like every, you
0: were just part of the family, totally. And then, when did it turn into like you had a job
1: and a yeah. desk
0: and you could an email address? You know what I mean?
1: Totally. I think I got the email address way before I got the paycheck. But to <laughs> me, like the email address was the bigger deal for sure. Sure. Um, and I just saw what was going on, and I saw what Jackson, Seth, and Garrett, and Nicole, and Shaq. We're trying to do, which is get everybody into one space and just see what happens. Yeah. And when I saw people coming around and Drew, sorry, I can't leave Drew out of that lineup because no, he would, no. he like fucking was Assemble at right. one point. And um, everybody's coming around like asking, like, How do I be a part of Assemble? And the answer couldn't have been simpler. Which is like literally just walk through the door.
0: Just live here.
1: Yeah, it's like do just what Eddie Logics is doing, you yeah. know? Like he's here anytime I come here making music. Yeah. So I figured out pretty quickly that all I had to do was be there. And opportunities would fly across the room and all you had to do was like grab onto one. Yeah, I got you that. You know? Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's like, hey, does anybody know anybody who blah? And I'm like, yep, Me. Right um, Or no, I'll go figure it out Totally, yeah, which is more the answer Sure But um, being around there I think I hit Garrett up one time I like walked into his office And I was like, you know, it'd really be easier If I had an assemble email address <laughs> Because <laughs> right. then I can do this and he's like, no brainer, do it. You just got to give me the 50 bucks a year that it costs. <laughs> so I gave him 50 bucks nice. for the email. That was the last time that I had paid for it, of course, because, sure. you know, he would never ask again. But um, yeah, being there, it just grew into such a role that like after a year of doing that, i just had to be there and it it didn't make sense for me to not be there because that was like the center of the universe that i was living in yep and even if it wasn't i just wanted to be there yeah. because john zott was there making music tune day was there making music you know eddie logics again uh zelly island at the time valley hush yeah jacks like everybody that i was interested in as a fan yeah. Was in this building.
0: Caleb, Brian. Dude, just, yes, yeah, just, yes.
1: Yeah. All of them. Yeah. Like, walking, watching Caleb just play this, like, not knowing anybody's there, you know, kind yeah. con- like concerto piece on the piano. And, um, yeah, eventually Garrett was just like, hey, you're doing good. I'm going to start paying you. I was like, sounds good. Let's, right. let's do it. That's so. exactly
0: what you talked about when you talk about, like, doing until someone pays you to do it right yeah like that was my whole thing yeah is I did it until like it paid off for myself for a while and I I was a little bit more in control of it but it was literally like just showing up in a in a space that needed it and having your hands out ready to get them dirty
1: yeah yeah you're still
0: doing that I mean
1: that's the lifeblood for me I really I can't to me I can't afford to be locked up at a job anywhere that won't allow me that autonomy right you know, because the freedom to explore is everything. That's how I've gotten to any place I've ever been. So it's yeah. like, and I think that's the nice thing about working for Garrett is if I'm like, hey, man, I got a chance to go do this for a week. He'll be like, what are you asking me for? Just go, man, just right. do it. Like, right. you got to do it. Yeah. And uh, that's that's what I like. Like, that's that's worth everything to me.
0: Yeah, I mean, that. look, through... I keep saying, look, Uh, (laughs) Fred from Triple Crown Records, who shortly works with, is known for saying, look, and it's like after he says, look, something super wise is coming. (laughs) So every time I say it, I get self-conscious because I'm like, shit, now I got to drop some knowledge. (laughs) Look, um, you are now, you call it a product manager. Explain to me what that is and what your current role is at Assemble. And then how you mix that in because you're still at the majestic complex. Obviously, AEG controls the theater now, so you aren't needed quite as that role. Kind of, yeah. Got sucked into AEG.
1: Thank God.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 great for the Xenia. It it's a stability that the Xania's have been looking for yeah. for a very long time. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know, whether whatever my thoughts are on AEG <laughs> yeah. and, and and corporations in general, whatever, it's a stability. They are getting the shows. So tell me about what the uh, product manager position is at Assemble, what you're doing now, and then mix in what you're still doing at The Stick.
1: Yeah. um, The Stick is easy to cover because there's there's a good... The promoters that work there are incredible. React does a lot of shows there. Harrison uh, really knows what he's doing. There's a few other people, Jason Barry, uh, Tom, you know these people throw shows there and I direct traffic and when I see an opportunity to book a show myself I do it. Yeah. Um but so that the fact that there are so many other promoters there that really know what the fuck they're doing yeah. allow me to do what I'm doing at Assemble and right now the two projects that I'm mainly working on are Sienna Legans who's incredible, and Tiny Jag, another just mind-blowing creative talent from Detroit. Um, And what I get to do with them as a product manager is basically be their day-to-day manager, but not have to worry about who does their taxes. (laughs) And like, that's the real thing, man, because that's the stuff that gets me fucked up that I don't know how to handle. Like, I can't answer tax questions. Sure. You know, I don't know. I don't – I can't do my own taxes. Yeah. So – but I can, like, give you advice on the right day to drop. Yeah. You know? And I can – Marketing
0: strategies and and, and visuals and all of those things. The creative side.
1: Yeah. You're involved
0: in managing the creative side without being the person that has to have the uh, technical know-how to make sure that it doesn't crash into the ocean. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And another nice thing that working with Jax taught me is how to – You know, you have these, like, group Zoom calls, like, this is our tiny JAG meeting for the week, and we're all going to get on, and we're all going to get on and talk about the project. Yeah. And we talk about it, and then after that meeting, where, like, six people are on there, too many chiefs, you know? Yeah. Which is good, because everybody's got to stay, like, involved and have their voice. And
0: they've got ideas and everything that, yeah, right. Definitely. Play into the final product, right?
1: Yeah. Now it's your job
0: to take those things and...
1: Yeah. And that's when I like call Jag and I'm like, hey, crazy meeting. Anyway, let's get down to business. Sure. Like, let's take the things that, like, let's take Shaq's ideas from this meeting that we just had and Garrett's, you know, input and like wisdom from it and like make an actionable plan. So, like, I'm basically just being there with them throughout the project, which to me is an incredible privilege. And I, I get to like be a sounding board. I get to throw my own ideas out there, which normally I'm like, I always say like, hey, I'm just gonna burn through a bunch of shitty ideas real quick. And if you hear anything that you like, then pick it up and make it a good idea. Okay. And yeah. so I get to like, you know, stretch my creative legs. I don't know if that's works as yeah, a, yeah. but yeah. Um,
0: Spread your creative wings. Yeah,
1: wings is better. Yeah. Yeah,
0: that's prettier.
1: And then also be like, yeah, that's a great idea. But just know if you think you can actually do that, but you can't get it done by the thirteenth, then it doesn't matter because we can't make it happen. Sure. And we only have this much money. So like take it down a notch, you know. So
0: you're you're you have to be a responsible guy, but you don't have to be full responsible guy as far as the numbers and all that kind of thing. You gotta coordinate all that. You're you're a project coordinator. You yeah. take projects and you execute them and you know who to talk to about the individual expertise items, whether it's tax <laughs> yeah. stuff or whether it's working with Seth on the audio side or, or you know, talking to Molka or to, you know, Brian or to whoever about video and, and all of those things, right?
1: Yeah. And it's, it's kind of interesting because, you know, if you listen to, if you get in the whole like self-help realm of like the Tim Ferris's and Simon Sinek's and, you know, Malcolm Gladwell's and stuff, and you listen to them talk about how they want to be like, they want to be the dumbest guy in the room because then they can learn something. Sure. For me, I feel that hard because I get to be like the Grand Central Station between all of these people who are just really doing their job well. Yeah. And if I'm talking to an artist and they're like, I want to do this, but I'm not sure. And I'm like, hmm, let's talk to Seth. Or like, who's got the these files? Well, let's talk to the producer. Like, I am just get to be the person that talks to everybody. Yeah. Which I've, I just feel like I lucked out and I kind of feel like somebody's going to like come look at what I'm doing someday soon and be like,
0: <laughs> you're not needed here. Right. What are you, what the fuck? Did, how did you get here? Yeah. That's exactly. me every day. Right. Yeah, and but, yeah. you know, Olivia talked about a lot about like feeling fraudulent sometimes and whatever, you know, and it's like, no, you're not that. And there's, there's, there's some level of that for people like us who don't have the creative you know, we don't have Shaq's ability. Yeah. We don't have Jax's yeah. ability. We don't have Jag's ability. We don't have, we don't have the vision of Garrett or the, you know, totally the cool factor of Drew or <laughs> yeah. any of those things, you know? And we're just like, I'm just a guy who can put these things on a spreadsheet and make exactly. sure that they don't happen on the same day. Yep. But there's a skill to that, dude. There and like is. you've, you've been a person that I've always been impressed with on that manner of like representing you. yourself in a way that, that, I would represent myself, right? Which is why I think we hit it off, and why it it made sense for us to do all the things we've done together. The the selflessness of not needing the creative input, not needing the the face on. You don't need your face on the poster. You know, you just want to make sure to to have the ability to uh, tell someone to make the poster better if it sucks.
1: Yes, (laughs) you know what I mean, and that's it, right? You don't even want my face on the poster. Yeah, right, right, right. I
0: never want that. I mean, this is probably the one thing that I've done. That almost is like that, right? Because this is my podcast. Yeah, I and guess I'm so, talking, yeah. but it's like it's understated because the only reason I want to have it is to dig into your story. Yeah. And to dig into Olivia's story and Jason's story and Chris's story. You know, like I wouldn't just sit here and talk about myself to myself. Yeah. It comes out a little bit when we get rolling. You know, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, let me tell you about that one. Yeah. But yeah. Um. So lots of highs, right? Like, this business is full of highs. It's full of uh, little highs and big, giant highs. And um, obviously, some of those things have been taken away in the last year. And we're not going to dwell on that because we talk about it every fucking day with every person. (laughs) So, like, it's not what this podcast is for. But there have been some moments, for sure, and especially on the road, where there's been some struggles that have led to the way that you kind of do things now. Yeah, Is there anything in particular that sticks out that... Was a struggle that was turned into something that hopefully will fix struggles in the future. Does that make sense?
1: Let me tell you what, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No day is the same on tour, even yeah. though it's all the same. Like, when you look back on it, you're like, I'm driving, venue, hotel, driving, somebody's floor, you know? Right. Um, I
0: love how you just like centered yourself as DIY there with somebody's floor.
1: Yeah, yeah, the hotels came later. That's more recent in memory, but. Right, right, right. um, Yeah, man. Shit going wrong on the road is what taught me to be chill because I realized real quickly that, like, that being the tour manager meant more than just pre planning. It also meant being the vibe police for everybody on the road and making sure that the band was happy and making sure that the artist is happy and making sure that whoever else you had with you, merch person, photographer, you know, artist manager, agent that you're meeting in the show, making sure everybody's happy. Yeah. And in order to do that, you gotta not freak out. So when shit goes wrong, first of all, it's never an option to not make the show. Like, no matter what fucking happens, we are making it to this damn show tonight, you know? Yep. So, uh, that said, I think the immediate things that jump to mind are the couple of times when we've had breakdowns on the road. And it's like, we're cruising, we're gonna get there an hour early, but we're still three hours away. And then, whoops, breakdown. Shit,
0: what's that noise?
1: And then it's (laughs) like, all of a sudden, my like my animal instinct takes over and it's like, Ooh, I'm going to get a chance to hitchhike here. (laughs) Your firefighter
0: dad kicks in. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Sliding down the firefighter pole. Yep. Yep. And all of a sudden, like, you know, I'm out there on the road, like with a $20 bill in my hand, waving it at cars to try to get them (laughs) to pull over. Nobody ever took the money by the way, but they did give me rides. Right. So I think opportunities to, uh, to hitchhike, to be real with you, was a lot of fun because that is the ultimate unknown. You don't know who you're getting in the car with. Sure. You know, and it's always to like go get a rental car to bring it back to the car to send them on their way. And then you're alone on the side of the road watching the band <laughs> drive away to the show. Right. So they can make it to the and show. You're on the expendable time. one because right. you're
0: not needed on stage. Totally. And, and you are securing the the only thing that allows touring to happen, which is that fucking yeah. van.
1: Yeah, man. Jeez. There there was one time, though, that it was especially weird. It was weird.
0: Okay, let's do it. But
1: it was as close to meant to be as, some, as something can get. I don't know. We were in Lyman, Colorado, an hour outside of Denver-ish, and it was an off day, but the next day was a show day. We were in a shuttle bus, which we modded out to be a tour vehicle oh, I forgot which about was a thing. terrible idea yeah it was and <laughs> uh so it broke down and we like putts into the gas station and we're talking to the lady 8 p.m and sh- we're like okay great like where can we get a taxi and she's like no taxis around here pull up my phone let's get an uber we'll uber to Denver, even though it's going to be like 200 bucks yeah nope no service no Lyft. no uber no taxi in town so we convinced the gas station lady to close early and drive us down the road to a hotel room that we booked you know spur of the moment and i was just kind of like i was i was in it at this point and i'm just like okay this is like i'm gonna get a chance to prove that i belong here right now yeah so the next morning, wake up at like 6 a.m. Segway, uh, Segway, limped the van over to a, a commercial trucking garage, which happened to be like a mile away, which is crazy. Yeah. And was talking to this dude, the mechanic bribed him <laughs> with money we had, but didn't have to stay until like midnight that night to finish it in one day. Cause we were going to Salt Lake City after that. We didn't have time to like wait two sure. days to yeah. get it fixed, you know? That's
0: the type of spot where, like, if you fall behind on tour, you might miss four shows because right. they're all overdrives.
1: Yeah, and it's like, so at that if you point, miss
0: the drive day, you're fucked.
1: Exactly. We'll catch
0: up to you in San Diego because, yep. yeah, the tour... Especially
1: yeah. since they're in a bus driving through the night. Sure. You know? Yep. So I called Lindsay, the manager, Jackson's manager at that time. She was like, fucking do what you gotta do. And I was like, all right. So... Good, the guy's working on the van. Now we just gotta get to Colorado. It was 6 a.m., now it's 8 a.m. I'm like walking away from the car garage, walking towards the hotel, it's not a big area, it's just a rest stop, you know? And I'm thinking to myself like, all right, I'm gonna have to hitchhike, let's get in that mental headspace. I'm gonna go into the hotel, grab my backpack, and then all of a sudden I hear from behind me, hey man, you need a ride? And I turn around, and inside this janky-ass Ford Explorer was a shirtless dude in, like, big military tattoos, sunglasses. And I walk up to him, and I was like, yeah, I do actually need a ride right now to Denver. And he's like, well, I'm going to Las Vegas. My girl's there. She won't pick up my calls. I've been driving since North Carolina. Haven't taken a break. And he's like, I got a bunch of weed in here. I got some booze. Let's go. And I was like, looking at the guy. And I'm like, this feels like a dangerous ride. Like this guy's <laughs> jazzed right now. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, what's, it, what's your name? What's your name? What's your name? And I was like, Ryan. And he pulls off his sunglasses and he's like, shut the fuck up. My name's Ryan. Get your ass in this car. We're going to Denver. <laughs> I was like, okay, I guess we're going to Denver. So we're in this Ford Explorer ripping down this two lane highway at 125 miles an hour, like pushing the RPMs into the red on this thing. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I'm squeezing the life out of the ocean ocean handle, handle, (laughs) like feet through the ground. Yeah. And this dude. Clenching your butthole the whole time, just just like. Terrified. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm going to die right now. Like, this was the bad choice that I've been fearing my whole life. And. This dude ups it a notch and starts talking to me about mu- talking to me about music because you know he's asking me questions as I'm like crying basically. Sure, right. And he was like, "You ever listen to Tool?" And I was like, "Not really." And he was like, "Well, it's my favorite like my favorite song by Tool. It's called Prison Sex.' Let's listen to it." And he puts it on, and he's driving 120 ish miles down the road. Like, one hand on the steering wheel, smoking <laughs> a joint, Oh God. staring me in the eyes in the passenger seat. Fucking so, like screaming
0: prison sex.
1: Yeah, dude. Like, if you're doing the math here, he's not looking at the road. He's looking at me, singing the words to prison sex, which I won't go into, but look up the lyrics if you're curious because it is worse than it sounds.
0: Yeah, right. It is. Yeah.
1: And finally, we pull into the car rental place that I was trying to get to. And I was like, oh, thank God. Oh, my God. We made it. Like... Thank you. He gave me his number, which I felt obliged to take just so I could get out of there cleanly, you know. Yeah. And I'm like there, like, holy shit, I cannot believe I made this right now. And And in record time. Dude, record time. (laughs) He got twenty minutes so fast.
0: It felt like three days, but you were probably in the car for like a half an hour.
1: Yeah, man. He was standing in the doorway shirtless the whole time where I was standing there at the counter renting the car. But uh, that day, that wasn't even the end. That was the beginning of that day. And the rest of the day consisted of me. We're an hour away. I rent the car. Drive to Lyman. Pack up the band, everybody but Brian. Drive it to Denver. Drop them off. Drive back to Lyman. Send Brian with the thing, with the car. Wait for the van to be finished. Brian comes back. Like, we both go together. And then, you know, it's just like, I think I drove like eight hours that day and it was a show day. Right. And it was in Denver and it started with this dude named Ryan who was delusional, just, man, risking both of our lives, riffing down the highway and it was one of the best days of my life.
0: (laughs) That fucking rules.
1: Yeah, man. Man, it's,
0: I can't wait to put that in the promo notes for this for this episode. So, <laughs> let me tell you about Ryan and Ryan.
1: Because, I mean, shit, if you lived through that, and then also it was a killer show because Jax. Sure. Then it's like, oh, okay, well, uh, what's next? Salt Lake City? All right, easy. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> <You know? laughs> no worries. Town full of Mormons got this <laughs> fucking, there's nothing weird about that. Interesting while, uh, factoid. Yeah.
1: Every single Mormon church in the country has the same Wi-Fi password. What? That is a tour hack right there. Wow. If you find it, you pull into any Mormon church parking lot, you're good. That's wild. Yeah.
0: Why is that? Just I
1: don't know. God, Uh, baby.
0: I guess. Fuck. This shit just got deep. (laughs) Hi, Ryan's mom.
1: (laughs) Now I've decided I'm not going to send this on to her.
0: (laughs) (laughs) After the prison sex story. (laughs) Jesus. Amazing. All right, well. Hi, other Ryan's friends. <laughs> Hi, Aaron. Um, rad. So, obviously, right now, uh, there's not a lot going on in the Magic Stick front.
1: Yeah.
0: And there's really not, I mean, there's stuff going on in Assemble. I think Assemble has been great about putting out an incredible amount of new music through all of this. Yeah. If anything, I don't want to say this has been good for Assemble, but I think the silver linings are very clearly apparent with Big all time. of the music that's been put out in the last year plus out of this place. Um, Jag, obviously, with the new record. Yeah. Sienna has a new record.
1: Oh, yeah. Coming out like the 27th. April 27th. Okay. 27th. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And just absolutely killing it right now. Yeah. Leaning into, like, straight up being herself.
1: Dude. she's which is sick. She just gets it.
0: Yeah. I think Jag, like, from what I know about Jag, it seemed like she came out of the gate herself and Sienna was, like, a little bit um, not there yet, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah, it took her a minute to find the footing, for sure.
0: Yeah, but, like, both of them are just powerhouses. Yes. So what's what's going on right now? Like, what's, you said, obviously you work with both of them, but, like, tell us a little bit about Jag's EP, EP, right? Yeah, it wasn't a full, like, yeah, yeah, like, six songs and then... Uh, about Sienna's new project that's coming out.
1: Yeah, right now Sienna's about to put out this record and it's always just been singles with her, which is cool, but it's not a lot to sink your teeth into, you know, as sure. far as marketing goes. Yeah. And now that we have her debut album that we're working on, I mean, this, the focus track of the record was co-written by Jesse St. John, who helped write Truth Hurts by Lizzo.
0: Oh yeah. No no big deal.
1: Yeah. It's a jam. Yeah. Um, (laughs) so it's, it's easy in terms of a lot of things just feel like they click with Sienna in terms of us being able to get people to cover her because of things like that, because she just gets it, man. She just like, the nice thing about Sienna is if I were to fall off the face of the earth for like a month, I would call her afterwards and she wouldn't be like, where were you, what's going on, what the fuck? Right. She would be like, hey, I don't know where the fuck you were, but I shot a video, I recorded these songs, <laughs> right, like I right, did right, all right. that, I got a sponsorship. Yep. And so she's just like going 24-7. She's, she's in Atlanta? She's in Atlanta, where me and Brian and Tebow are flying, and Garrett uh, are flying down there for uh, her record release just to like be there and hang.
0: Yeah, sick.
1: But yeah, man. Everything's going so well with her. I and what's think. What's that record called? It's called "Miss Out Tonight." Okay. Is which it? is a triple entendre.
0: Okay.
1: Which um, I won't fully get into because I don't think that I can explain it the way that she can. To okay. be honest, we'll
0: wait. We'll wait. Yeah, it's we'll, great. We'll have opportunities.
1: Yeah, she's. It's a killer record. She's already got the next record on deck. We're talking in, to a bunch of A and R's who hopefully wake up and smell the coffee on her because it's it's a wrap. Yeah. And then with Jag, she just wants to create a universe and like within her art and she's doing that by bringing different characters into every song and video but still like anchoring them in what it's like to grow up tiny Jag, you know. Yeah. And uh
0: the visual is just so it's so strong with her. Yeah,
1: it really is. And it's you know, I mean if I'm being fully honest i don't even know if i know how to talk about this yeah it is strange sometimes being a cis straight white male yeah reaching out to people about both of them um you know two girls who like girls who are you know black girls who are making pop and i guess you could say r&b music yeah and reaching out to people who who identify with that to try to get them connected in some way.
0: Every time I've I've like posted a Mish songs entry about Sienna Yeah. or about Tiny Jag Which
1: is amazing by the way. Thank you for yeah, doing that.
0: Yeah, dude, it's been a fun like little thing to work on when I'm not working on things, you yeah. know, just to be able to talk about all the music that y'all are out there putting out into the world. Um I don't want to be wrong. You know, I don't want to I don't want to say this is for fans of so and so and so and so when I don't really know. Yeah. You know, and and it's not just uh LGBT friendly stuff, it's not just, you know, people of color that I, I just I, I don't want to say that about metal. Yeah. I don't want to say that I, I don't want to say that about like jam music or EDM or funk. I don't I find myself in a position where I'm like, I'm, I'm representing this by writing about it or whatever, but I'm not, I'm not sure. And sometimes it's scary to ask too. It's like, yeah, well, what are you, what are you doing here? You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but the beautiful thing about what both Sienna and Tiny Jag are doing is the visual t- helps tell the story for Big sure. Time. And it's really easy to just show somebody like, look, this is it. Yep. Like I want you to imagine what this would look like if you got behind it and provided more resources. Like look yes. what they fucking did with Dude. with minimal resources. Right. This like video
1: if, cost $850.
0: Right, like if you gave them a budget yeah. and then put them fucking on a tour where, you know, using Lizzo for an example, like you put Lizzo on a tour in arenas and then you take Sienna out, she is going to absolutely obliterate every single one of those Lizzo fans Definitely, you know what I mean and it's the same shit that's happening with like I just saw today Barty Strange just announced that uh he's going out on tour with Lucy Dacus which is a weird mix wow. for me but then it's like also like everybody who fucks with like the Lucy Dacus boy genius thing are the people that are talking about Barty Strange yeah and, and you see um Nnamdi, you know Namdi oh, from yeah, Chicago, yeah. Um, Namdi and fucking Casey Musgraves are becoming like buddies on Twitter and oh, like Casey, that's crazy. Namdi is just like Casey Musgraves, take me on tour, please. <laughs> yeah. And she answered, she's like, I would be honored. I love your album. Like I am obsessed with you.
1: Oh my god! And it
0: was like, what the fuck is happening? You know,
1: dude, he's gonna blow.
0: But like Namdi's another one of those ones where I don't. That music wasn't written for me, and I don't yeah. say that in a negative way. It just yeah. wasn't, you know what I mean? Um, I grew up on Alice in Chains and Nirvana and whatever, and, like, I I tend to, like, almost talk myself into a hole where I say, like, that's, you know, that's what I am, right? <laughs> I, but, like, you put on a Namdi record or you watch the videos or Bar-T's, um, you know, Phoebe has had a huge year this year. Oh, yeah. Those things aren't written for me, but they're so easily just like you can tell they're on a planet. They're they're on a big time level, and that's independent. You know, Phoebe has yeah. obviously graduated now up to whatever, but like just imagine what it would be like with the resources. Just yes. imagine what like tiny jag would look like in Times Square on one of those fucking things. You know, Man. like just this like, is my what brain I just it and when you're you and me thinking about these things, you're like, am I the reason why this isn't already there? <laughs> yeah. And it's not true, right? right like right. your heart being a part of this, and it's the same thing we had with Jax and shortly and whatever. It's like, we can get you to a certain level, but then at a certain point, this shit's going to explode or you it's not, yeah. you know, and it may not because sometimes it's just luck, right? Right. But like you attach yourself to cool, cool stuff and then you put everything you have into it. And yeah. So I love it. I just, yeah, just want to cool. say, I love Dude, it, you know, you. like I, I've always appreciated the way you view things,
1: man. Thank you. And
0: what you get attached to. And it's obvious with these two that are just killing the game Dude, right now.
1: They're incredible. And I just feel the f- like the fact that I could hit Sienna or Jag up and just be like, hey, I got this idea. Like, let's talk about it. And they answer it and are interested and they like allow me to be a part of their art that they're making to me it just like just tickles me man yeah it's crazy like yeah. i'm just like i can't believe this because i you know i would do it if i could do it i would make music and like be an artist and stuff like that if i sure. thought that i could but like i can't we but just
0: aren't that cool right it's you so and I true, are man. not that cool and that's yeah. okay yeah that's yeah. the self realization I was talking about earlier of knowing what our role is, yeah, being comfortable with it, yeah, and exploding into it in a way that's like really powerful, and owning it in the way that you know now you can make change you can you can impact the world, your little corner of the world, yes, with your abilities to bring people together and push groups of people in a certain direction or at least even just get them together and letting them choose their direction
1: yeah yeah
0: and that's what's always been so impressive about assemble
1: yeah and that's the thing that i like about those two projects and assemble is like never would anybody at assemble be like no we're not putting this song out or like no don't do that like we might push back you know i if i think an idea is a bad idea or if i think a song is a bad song I'm not gonna be like, this song's great, put it out, you know? Like I'll be like, hey, I think this is not the song. I think this video could look better, you know? All that is important to have somebody on your team who does that. But at the same time, like the greatest win for me is having somebody push back on my pushback. Like if I talk to Sienna, she like shows me a video I'm like, ah, I don't know, man. I, I don't know if I see it. And she'll s- straight up be like, well, that's okay. Cause you don't have to see it. I see it. Sure. I'm like, all right, cool. Let's yeah, put it out. Let's roll. Yeah. You tell me what I need to do. Totally.
0: You tell me where to, where to plug in and where to stay out of the way. And yep. um, yeah, I trust you. Totally. Let's, let's it's roll. like, what do you? This is your project, not mine. Totally.
1: Yeah. yeah. And that's great. Like we sidebar about everything, which is so nice. Like if somebody hits her up for, a thing it's like, we can do this for X amount of money. Okay, Sienna, so you know, how much do you want me to ask for? Ask for this. Okay. And then I hit them, you know. Yeah. So it's nice.
0: Ultimately, you work for them, not the other way around. Big and that, time. That is confused a lot of times.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, you're listening here for now. This is episode seven, final episode of season two. We're here with Ryan Kerrigan, who is the artist and product manager at Assemble and the program director at the Magic Stick. It's been a lot of fun. Hey, we're talking about Assemble Sound. Let's talk about your hometown. So you're you're a Detroit Metro guy. Yep. Since you were born, have you ever lived anywhere else outside of this area?
1: Other than the time I spent in Big Rapids and one summer when my parents uh, sent me to work on a farm in Oklahoma, nope, just been okay. here. Yeah.
0: yeah. This is so. This is your home. Are you going to live here forever? I mean, is this? Are you a a Detroit guy through and through?
1: I always thought I would leave way before now. Um, you know, growing up, I was like, I'm going to get the fuck out of here.
0: Yeah.
1: And it didn't happen. So maybe, I'm not bummed to be here. Yeah. But I would like to live in other parts of the world. Okay. London talk, sounds cool. Yeah. yeah. Talk
0: Talk about Detroit and like what, how you think that it's, uh, about its support system for, for artistry and and, you know, music and everything else.
1: Yeah. I think the best thing... I think the thing that Detroit artists have been able to use to their advantage the most is that there wasn't a support system. And after people kind of realized that, after, you know, there used to be major label offices in Detroit, yeah. small though they were, sure they used to be here. And when all that left and everybody was just kind of looking around like, all right, it's just us that is when people and I'm only speaking to the people that I know of here, you know, but that's, that's when I saw that people that uh, they were able to recognize the power that they had Yep. and selling out the loving touch does matter. Like selling, taking that energy and then using that to like headline St. Andrew's hall and sell that out. That does matter. And,
0: getting on the road and repping Detroit in every city that makes a difference. Yeah. yeah,
1: whether or not you have a booking agent or you just booked it yourself and you're like playing like sandwich shops and sh- like that shit matters. Yeah. And I think once everybody saw that there was enough to go around and that's the whole thing that like when I used to talk about assemble, I used to uh I don't know why I don't describe it like this anymore, but it seemed so relevant at the time describing it as like a feast table like everybody go out and hunt and gather and then we bring it all back here to assemble and we all share it yeah and i think that mentality that artists have instead of being like how fast can i move to la and get the fuck out of here
0: yeah
1: or like i got this thing don't touch it it's mine you know yep being able to have the mentality of like, okay, like go out there, do your thing, and at the end of the day, we're all gonna come here and have dinner together. Yeah. And discuss like what's going on and how we can put each other on. Yeah. To me, that has just been such a game changer because yeah, it for sure helps to move to LA. But like moving to LA as somebody who doesn't know anybody, who doesn't have anything going on, you're fucking yourself. Yeah. So if you can get action going on and like kind of get your footing before that, and by the way, work on your craft. Yep. You know. Yep. That's the biggest thing is people creating together in rooms with each other helps you realize where you're uh, where you're falling short. For me too, it's not just an art thing because I, I actually think there there's very much an art to what you and me do. Not a lot of people see it. We probably are the only people who would talk about it in that way. Right but being able to realize the finer points of the craft that you're working on whether or not it's being a promoter or being a producer
0: yeah it's the chess game right yeah you're putting the pieces in position
1: yeah totally and, and you w- don't
0: get to define what the pieces do once they're in that position yeah but you have to know you're going to be a couple steps ahead
1: yeah because i don't want to wanna, formulate it in the right way you, you don't want to like move to new york or la and then, like, spend six months knocking on the door of, like, L.A. Reed's office, and then he finds out you're a dumbass, and then you're done. Right. You yeah. know? Yep. So, yeah. Yeah, it's
0: the 10,000 hours thing. It's the practice. You know, you got to put that in at home. And, and look, Detroit's a—it's uh, not the biggest market. It's not—it's <laughs> not—
1: It's a tough market. It's,
0: yeah, it is. It is a tough market. It's a tough market to come out of. It's a tough market to— have as your home base, but it also, um, the infrastructure is being built and and in the building of the infrastructure with each other is where you learn a lot of those skills. I talk, I've talked about on this podcast multiple times about the idea of like, you can't skip steps. You cannot. If you do skip a step, at least you need to acknowledge that you did and have somebody show you what would have happened if you did, you know, make that have that pitfall in your career,
1: you know? I think a lot of times it looks like people have skipped steps if you're looking from the outside. Right. But if you investigate that further, they haven't. Sure. They couldn't have.
0: Yeah. Or maybe, you know, in the case of the assemble or, or these these groups, and it's not just what I've realized in the last couple of years, it's not just Assemble. This is one of them. This building and the and the folks that take care of each other here. Um, two foot parade and what they're building and their little thing, the Kalamazoo house show scene. If you've ever been to that, oh, is super dude. tight knit and super yeah. fun. Um, what you guys had going with your house show thing back in the day, um, the Grand Rapids like lamplight uh, festival Amazing. scene and all that, the soil and the sun and what they were involved in and the DAC and all these things. Like, there are all these little sub sections of of the society that like helps people not crash too hard you know and they may Mm -hmm. not launch you to superstardom or anything like that but they at least get you going in the right direction and i've seen in the last couple years specifically those things strengthen themselves and partially because we have to right now partially because there's not as much to focus on in the moment because we can't do shows we can't go on tour we can't do all the things that we like want to do but I do think that that's going to pay off for a very long time. I think there are going to be very negative remnants of this time that will hang around for a while. That'll be annoying and hard to shake off. But I do think there's a lot of positives that are going to come out of this when we see the um, importance of collaboration, the importance of self-starting, the importance of, um, of being thoughtful and creative within a moment to like do something that maybe was a little bit difficult, you know, or wasn't the path wasn't paved so you had yeah. to you had to find your way and yeah i think that's the thing that's super impressive about you know what you guys have been doing over there for for so many years and uh i, w- I wish i could be down here more you know <laughs> yeah. i wish i could be downtown Me too, man i wish we could all be in that space and and you know that's coming though i, yeah. I honestly believe that
1: i mean shit jason lives here now you got to come down man. Yeah. let's, let's hey. eat lunch
0: yep Yep, I mean, that's getting hard, right? <laughs> you yeah, might be closing up restaurants this week again, yeah. so we'll see. So I think we've spent a lot of time talking about what gets you out of bed, <laughs> yeah. all of this. Yeah. But what slows you down? Like, what What is? What keeps you from accomplishing goals?
1: Self-doubt, for sure. Um, I mean, you know, th- you get yourself involved with all this. Yeah. And at the end of the day you're just like, why the fuck did I send that email? And like, sure. it's the stupidest thing that nobody's gonna pay attention to yeah. but you, you know? And I think part of the thing that's that's helped me uh, get over that is just like recognizing the fact that I am going to feel like an imposter and I am going to doubt myself. And when those moments come, instead of being like, oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck, being like, okay, you're in a moment of self-doubt right now. This is not going to last. Let yourself worry about it and, you know, go to bed. Maybe smoke a little less weed and then- <laughs> Or a little more, depending yeah, on your, right, right, right? Yeah, depending on the <laughs> yeah. degree of doubt. Yeah. And then the next morning, I think just wake up and treat yourself well, you know, like eat well in the morning. Yeah. Um, like go for a walk, spend some time on you away from the thing that is worrying about you, yeah. to where when it's like, okay, 10 a.m. music industry t- start time, you know, you can like approach it again, and really just being like a case of the fuck it, so you gotta be like, fuck it, I don't care if I look dumb, you know, yeah. because at this point, the only thing I really care about, especially after quarantine, when you realize, like like to me, the people in my world are like Aaron, and our animals yeah. and a couple of friends who we've agreed to see each other, yeah, you know? Yeah. So now knowing that like, Oh, other people's opinions really don't matter because I definitely don't see them. Why should <laughs> right. I care about sure. them? You know,
0: you've survived for a year and they, they've at no point made any way of reaching out or, yeah. you know, not even, not even in a negative way. Yeah. It's just like your orbit and their orbit are separate. And it doesn't matter that when you do come together, it's, Things happen and that's good, but you don't need them.
1: Yeah, totally. If I was to be publicly shamed tomorrow, I mean, in quarantine world, I would just keep doing what I'm doing, which is right. <laughs> like right. staying at home with Aaron, yep. You know, which yep. is great. Yeah. But uh, it's it's weird to paint that as a pro, but yeah, self-doubt. That's the that's tough thing to get over. I think everybody has it. And I think yeah. the people who've figured it out have just figured out that they're going to do things in spite of that.
0: Yeah, and look, you're going to do everything right so often in this world and not get what you want out of it. Yeah. You know, that's a conversation that I've had with every artist, every friend. Yes. Everybody is like,
1: I did everything
0: the way I was supposed to, Mm -hmm. and the shithead that I was doing that thing for didn't deliver for me because they're a shithead, and there was nothing I could do to change that fact. Yeah. Or... Not only, you know, sometimes it's a shithead and sometimes it's just a situation that there was no positive outcome available. Yeah. So you just have to do the best and then move on to the next thing. That, Definitely. Again, it goes back to that, like, self-awareness thing that we've been talking about all the way throughout. Yeah. So we've, we've obviously talked about a lot of folks, Jackson and Jag and Sienna. Um, tell me one musical artist outside of those folks that you really believe in right now. And it can mm. be somebody on the local level, or it could be somebody that's a big name that, you know, you just dig what they're doing.
1: Can I do two? You can do two. Okay. First of all, there are no rules. Jason Singer, no brainer. Yeah. Just deserves it, man. Deserves yeah. it. Um, you don't meet a nicer dude. Like yeah. he's he just he's and he's the hooks, man. Yeah. The hooks.
0: Misery came up on random today on my like alternative indie playlist which is like two thousand songs yeah and it's so cool to find stuff that was created here by people that you saw at the beginning that fits right in and it's like this belongs here not only does it belong here but it excels here yeah you know it's like a highlight of my playlist definitely to get to that point and like that's so cool
1: i love it he's been killing it um tied 1a yep uh brian iglesias man dude so underrated i just i've seen like i'm gonna be so real here i listened to the music that he was making like seven years ago yeah and i was like i don't get it not for me you're Doesn't talking about sense.
0: like xeropath and like that kind of stuff
1: uh like primavera stuff oh, prima- like that yeah, yeah. and uh some of his solo stuff in the early days of assemble yeah but it's like every single song he makes just gets better and better and better. And not just better on the songwriting front, but better on the production front. And like, he just, like every song he shows me, it just gets fucking better, man. I'm like, wow, holy shit, you like have, were somebody who when I didn't know you and was just meeting you, I was like, yeah, this guy. Yeah, You know, and then I met you as a friend and maybe that biases me a little bit. But uh, to hear all the stuff that he's doing right now, like he's focused.
0: Brian's best trait early on was his show up attitude.
1: Yes, right? dude. He
0: just showed up. Yeah. I was like, oh, Brian's here always. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and, but it wasn't the output, right? It was just yeah. the ability. It was just the consistency of, like, you're here again. Yeah. What are you doing here? Like, yeah. what are you, you know? And then now the output is so fucking good, and it's not just the music. It's yeah. the art and the video and the photography and, and just the style it's and everything. the dancing and the chest hair and yeah. all of it is just... <laughs> So good, and it's taken a while to develop, right, yeah, but it's always it been there, yeah, right, right. It's the ten thousand hours thing he yeah. just he believes in like
1: working, he does man, and man, I think I fucking it's
0: march with that guy, man,
1: big time, yeah, I think he he's he gets what other people are trying to do and he helps them with their shit. He's doing all of his stuff all by himself and the things that he's doing are rivaling what me and Shaq and him do together for other people. Sure. Like his marketing ideas and everything. I'm like, dude, why don't you let us use that idea for- Every fucking match? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, He just gets it.
0: love it. Um, Your favorite career music memory.
1: Um, It's a Jack's memory. Of course. It has to be. And it was a Lollapalooza after show at the Vic Theater in Chicago. And I actually don't remember who she was opening up for. But
0: see, I went to the one at the House of Blues with. Uh,
1: Fanagram. Fanagram. So good. Yeah. Um, I hate that place. <laughs> <laughs> I love it because they're catering. Um, so good. But go. uh, <laughs> yeah. So she's doing her set. I'm standing side stage, probably just a ball of nerves at this point. Yeah. And the mic that she has goes dead. And I was, I'm freaking out, you know? I'm like, oh, her mic is dead like what are we gonna do
0: you're the opening act you don't have a back backup sitting coiled in front of you right yeah Yeah. and
1: also at that point i don't have the skill set to run her a new mic on a new line and like handle it quick you know like i could now so luckily the sound staff there was on the ball but she like marched over to the side like hands the mic to the guy she like looks at me she's like the mic's dead and i was like just like keep them occupied. I don't know what I said, but I was like, yeah. just go like be you, you know. Yeah. And I was kind of like, a, you don't need me. Why are you looking at me? Like, go do you. Right. And um, I mean, the Vic Theater. It's not two thousand people, but it's more than one thousand people it's for th- sure. 13,
0: 1,400, Yeah. Yeah. So I agree.
1: she like marches up to the very front of the stage, like foot on the monitor, does her like fingers in the mouth mom whistle, like yeah gets everybody's attention claps hey everybody just like you know i don't yeah, know what she said yeah. but it equated to like shut the fuck up for yeah, a second yeah. and like the that, whole room the room's just, silent yeah and she's like using her like stage voice not screaming at them but not not screaming at yeah, them yeah yeah and like goes and tells like this whole emotional story that was not in the script about the song that she's about to play and it's like going on and on and just like keeping everybody occupied. And I was like watching this and I'm just like, nobody's saying a word. There's not one asshole going like, show us your tits, you know, right. or like some fucking people do. And yeah, there's not yeah. like some drunk person at the back of the, you know? Yeah. And she just like had them, like all 1400 or so of them. Yeah. And then she was like, <laughs> it was like magic, man. She finished saying what she was going to say which seemed planned but wasn't yeah and She's like this song is called blank and like turned around, around and the microphone dude is right had there. the mic yeah. and she's like ah like right in the right. mic yeah and it's just like holy dude, shit she did.
0: she's so pro at that stuff dude i was oh. it just
1: like yeah. doing that i was like i'm never doing anything else for the rest of my life like this is what i'm gonna do yep yep yeah being a part of that moment is so yeah.
0: cool Uh, Give me your worst. Obviously, that could have been your worst music moment too. (laughs) Um, Give me your worst music moment. I mean, I know what mine is in relation to you guys.
1: Oh, what is it? It's
0: Austin. Okay. You guys came back, and she was just—you could tell that she was done for that night at the Michigan House.
1: Oh yeah yeah. It wasn't
0: my worst, but it it was—it was painful because I could tell. That like she had given everything and there was nothing left in the tank. And she tried, yeah. man. But yeah, she just man. You, and we we see those things, right? Like you see yeah. Jax, I see a lot of spewed. I see Jason. I've seen them live 50 times now. Yeah. I know when they're on, I know when they're off. I know when they're hurting. I know when they're killing it. Mm-hmm. I know when they're feeling it. I know when they want to get the fuck off the stage. And that was like the night for me.
1: That's the thing about South by, though, is that like for you know, you got fucking <laughs> seven depressing. shows in a day. Yeah. And she's carrying her own gear to all of them right. because you can't drive there. Yep. So she's like walking miles in a day with like a 40-pound backpack. Yeah, man.
0: Not to answer your question for you, what's your worst music moment?
1: Um, My worst music moment... You know, I really filter out the bad shit. <laughs> like, to me, it's all fun. Even the stuff that goes wrong... I'm like, oh my god, I'm in this situation. This is great, but um, <laughs> right. I think
0: I could be in a lumberyard right now.
1: Yeah. Stacking, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Stacking drywall, dude. So real. That yeah. is really what I think of. I'm like, I'm not working at Enterprise. I'm not working at Carter Lumber. I'm yeah. not, you know. I but...
0: used to, I used to explore. Oh, go ahead. You,
1: I'll... Yeah. No, that's yeah. I uh, man, I think the worst music moment. <laughs> Well, my biggest con is also my pro. I'm going to give you one of those real quick. Sure. Um, I had a massive misunderstanding with Valley Hush on a show that I booked for them at Majestic Cafe. And it was a door deal. They were like, you got to get Jamaican Queens to play. And I was like, "Ah, oh, Jamaican Queens is expensive. And they're like, I don't care. Just get them. So I was like, okay, cool. I'll get them. All right thinking that we all understood the, the the economics of a show.
0: yeah,
1: And 1,500 bucks, Jamaican Queens at the time, not that expensive, sure. but for me at the time, very yeah. expensive.
0: Yeah, same time you are probably hit me up about Flynn Eastwood. And exactly, like,
1: yeah. yeah. And I was like, I'll give you 700 bucks. And uh, so I was like, okay, I got them. And they're like, yes, that's great. Let's do this. I was out of town for the show. Huh. But at the end of the night, when it came to settlement, They were like, "Hey, why are we only getting like two hundred bucks?" And I'm getting texts from the venue manager and from Valley Hush, and you know, and not from Garrett yet. But at that point, he was, you know, de facto managing anybody from Assemble basically. Right. And I was like, "Uh, because you paid Jamaican Queens fifteen hundred dollars. Like, what the fuck are you talking about?" Right. And just that moment of having. Maybe be like oh my god somebody thinks i like fucked them like yeah this is all i want to do is put these people on like i this is supposed to be a beautiful moment valley hush release show like yeah. we got jamaican queens to open for valley hush right like this is supposed to be a win for everybody and like i'm the bad guy ah you know right
0: and all it took was just a couple more sentences of explanation yeah like teaching them like
1: yeah which i didn't know they didn't we, know
0: yeah right and who Who's to say that they should have known, you know, like they're they depend on you as their friend and as their person of contact for the show to like
1: totally get all
0: that right. Yeah. And and take the awkward out so that they know like, all right, we're going to book them. But here's what it means. I know you got to put this many people through the door to get any sort of pay for yourself because otherwise it's all going to them.
1: Dude, I so I go back to that moment and I wish that I would have laid it out because I was like, Uh, they're going to think I'm a pretentious asshole if I. Say it all in an email.
0: I freaked out on a band once a long time ago, or a manager, uh, this band called Even the Odd. And they were from Detroit and they came okay. out and did like a Livingston Underground show. And their manager guy sent me their rider for a church show. <laughs> and it had beer on it and it had all this stuff. And I just, I flipped the fuck out. Like, what the fuck is this? I paying you $75. You want three cases of beer? Do you know where you're playing? Blah, blah, blah. And the guy yeah. was like, look, dude, it's a fucking rider. Like, Put a big X through it and send it back to me. Like, don't you know how this works? <laughs> and I was like, no, I don't yet. <laughs> like, you, I, yeah. you know, I, I thought that like I, it was the biggest deal in the world. And like, thank God there wasn't Twitter back then. Because I would have just like went to like full on subtweet mode of like this fucking band and your fucking case of beer at the fucking church show. Yeah, you
1: know? that's and,
0: and it was like nobody ever told me that like. That's all that is a writer's like suggested, unless you're talking about you know somebody headlining the theater or
1: whatever. Totally. You well, know? that's the that's the best thing about a writer. now people are like, "What should I put on the writer?" I'm like, "Anything you want, just put it on there." Yeah, like they'll get you what they can.
0: One, yeah, one one show on the whole tour will get you the the life size cutout of Dave, David David yeah. Hasselhoff in a yeah in a speedo, you know, if you ask for it and then you have one forever in the van <laughs> under the seats. You've got uh, yeah. a life-size cutout of David Hasselhoff if you ever want it.
1: Wait, if, sorry, real quick. You get you get riders. You, yes. What's the craziest thing you've ever gotten on a rider? Um, or craziest or like most unexpected?
0: A greased pig.
1: Whoa. <laughs> did you get it? No. Nope. Oh.
0: Um, Chiodos asked for two hours with assorted strippers and a it said, a baggie of dank weed.
1: God, the strippers make so much sense for Kyoto's.
0: Yeah, it does. Um, the life-size cutout of David Hasselhoff. Oh, that was real. Is real. Nice. In a Speedo with no shirt. There's uh, various VHS movies, just like random, you know, like yeah. a copy of of Mr. Uh, yeah, a big yeah, VHS yeah. or something. Um, you know. But yeah, I think the Greased Pig was the one that was just like, "What the
1: f-? like?" Damn, you should have got it for him. Yeah,
0: it would have been <laughs> cool, right? So I got one more, and okay. then we're gonna kind of rip into the speed round that I close this off with. Where you know you're gonna give me perfect quick things. Um, I just want to mention our sponsor one more time. Uh, as the season is wrapping up here, the season wouldn't have happened without Two Foot Parade, uh, a wonderful artist forward tape and CD label based out of Kalamazoo, Michigan twofootparade.com, at Two Foot Parade. Please go check them out. Uh, it's something that is really important to me to lift up independent music in all forms, and I guarantee that if you go to Two Foot Parade and check out what they're doing, even if you don't buy anything, you're going to want to share. Um, the, the ethic is so strong there, and it's just a cool thing. So thanks to Two Foot Parade for making all this possible. We really appreciate your support and... Hope to uh, cross paths when we're allowed to cross paths again here in the near future. Um, So a couple more questions. I won't rip into the speed round. Uh, Do you have any advice for fellow creative people?
1: Just Uh, do it, man. Just do it.
0: Just the Nike.
1: That is so real. I just think if you're somebody who's trying to be a promoter or a manager or somebody who's trying to be an artist, anytime somebody tells you they think your idea is stupid— do it twice. Like just just do it because people don't know and honestly in this day and age when we're just fucking avalanche of of content on us, yeah. people are going to forget the bad shit that you do.
0: Yeah, right.
1: Like I don't know if you saw the the Post Malone thing going around of like his first single that came out?
0: No. It's
1: like a video that he made for his first single. Terrible. Yeah. But like now it's a joke in the context of his other, of his career, you know? Sure, right. Like nobody's going to remember that shit. The only way that you can do it and get the nerve to keep doing it is by, like we talked about almost this whole podcast, you know, is like just do it and do it terribly, but keep doing it. Do it
0: with your whole heart. Yeah. You know, because you can't fail. Yeah. You can make you can make wrong steps, but you can you can that's the beauty about being alive is you can yeah. correct them, right? And
1: even if your ten closest friends are like, what the fuck did you do? Yeah. You'll find new friends.
0: Yeah. How do you plan in your seat that you sit in on a day-to-day basis? How do you plan to affect change in this industry? Like what are you doing to change the world, Ryan Kerrigan? Um,
1: I don't plan to change the world or the industry, I work with people who I think will do that. And I try to help them achieve their goals because I don't know the right answer. It's easy to know the wrong answer. Yeah. Um, it's As
0: evidenced by your answer to the last question.
1: Yeah. 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 It's totally. <laughs> right? And that's right? like the, the wrong answer is obvious to everybody and the right answer. Only a, pe- a few people know or are capable of like affecting change in that direction yeah so the way that i do it is by uh, working with people who i think are gonna do it cool. and when they do it i'm like hey <laughs> me too yeah. yeah i
0: was part i was a very small part of that look i'm in the liner notes
1: yeah. i did it yeah
0: um what does the future hold for you what's what's next
1: i have um you know you mentioned earlier a lot of like change in the in the path that i've taken from time to time Yep. um i have just decided that the next essentially like two years for me is just putting my head down and doing the work and really only handling things like a month out like i'm not thinking about like where am i gonna be who's gonna you know what kind of job offer could i get if this gets famous you know sure it's just like no we got a record coming out let's do that so, okay. Yeah.
0: And there's a baby coming.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. There's there's a baby coming. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, oh, no yeah. big deal. Just a, just your first.
1: Man, I'm really trying child. hard to not force this child to love music. Here's the thing. <laughs> I have kind of I've had this thought in my mind that you know I was raised Catholic and therefore I am not Catholic. Yep. <laughs> I almost want to raise this kid Catholic. Yeah. So I can ensure that he will not be a Catholic in his adult life
0: <laughs> that's a terrible that's that's a terribly catholic way to look at things <laughs> <Yeah>. if,
1: it, <laughs> yeah. if
0: anything i mean, i don't yeah. know i don't know if that's a great strategy dude no i'm not gonna uh, do it i think that uh, what was the strategy we were leaning on earlier uh, um make your kid an ostrich and then it's <laughs> yeah. probably a better parenting strategy yeah raising raise raise them ostrich and not catholic <laughs> yeah. i think that's probably gonna work uh Let's rip into the speed round. So I'm going to give you these things, and I just want you to give me the first thing that comes to mind. If you've got a story about it, cool. But if you don't, we can just roll into the next one. Cool. Blast through. Don't try too hard. Uh, best album of all time.
1: No fences, Carthage. Wow. No, I actually don't think that's true. That's the first one I ever got. It's a CD from my parents. They gave me that one and a Boys to Men CD, and they were like, "Choose." Oh wow. I actually, it shows Boys to Men and then Casey and JoJo. But dude, best album? I don't have a good answer for it. Maybe okay. Do Make, Say, Think by Do Make, Say, Think.
0: Okay. All right.
1: It's so good. Solid. Instrumental. Four songs.
0: Uh, Favorite concert experience as a fan. So we've talked about like your career and moments like that, but as Kendrick. a fan. Yeah? Yeah, man. What, where? He
1: headlined Firefly. Or no, sorry. He headlined Voodoo Festival in, in New Orleans. Best set I've ever seen. Just
0: another level.
1: I was so prepared to just be like, oh, it's going to be a ref set. You know, he's going to jump around. Mm-mm. It was incredible.
0: Yeah. Amazing. He's a storyteller, man. Yes. Hell yeah. Uh, Your favorite thing that you've ever created or been a part of creating?
1: I guess the cop-out answer for anybody who knows me is my favorite thing that I've been a part of creating is Assemble, which I, you know, had no part in founding, but was like able to i really feel like everybody who works there is part of creating it every day and that's just so rare for for anything especially a company of like 12 people you know yeah so everything that's going on there i feel like is accessible to everybody who works there if they care to see what's going on and yeah man it's just for me it's i just can't carry the assemble flag high enough okay yeah
0: i love it uh, Your most current or uh, recent binge watch.
1: Um, <laughs> I've been watching Game of Thrones, but recently Garrett has been talking about Entourage, and I started watching Entourage a couple of days ago, and I forgot how good it is. Yeah how ridiculous it is
0: never been on hbo that's all those are both hbo hbo yeah, i don't yeah. have hbo so I, i'm missing out a whole portion of the world
1: but it's good they got I've the sopranos on there you know yeah, yeah it's good
0: very cool uh the best musical performer that ever lived so you dogged brian for picking queen here so where are yeah. you going if best musical performer that ever walked this earth
1: Here's the thing. don't fight me on this. It's Jax. I've seen it, man. She's the best. It's crazy. She can do anything on stage and like we were talking about for for what you were talking about like budgets and videos earlier. yeah, yeah. we did this for 850 bucks. Yeah. What can we do with you know 50 grand? like dude, she is the best person that I've ever seen.
0: Of making, yeah, making of mount, mount, mountain out of molehill kind yep. of thing. she yeah.
1: she responds to the crowds. She gets the crowds. She knows when to push and when to pull back, and that is a hard fought lesson. Obviously, if yep. you know her, you know. Yep. Um, dude, she's the best. She's I I don't see how you could get better than she is.
0: I I fuck with that heart. Yeah, I, I, I'm right on board with you. Uh, albums or singles
1: albums you live in a singles world i know
0: but you're still an albums guy
1: i listen to mostly albums yeah i do listen to all the playlists and all the singles that we put out but also on the back end i'm not listening to like sienna liggins new single i'm listening to like a soundcloud playlist of 12 demos that she has and sure. to me it's an album it's you a know. constructed piece that's yeah.
0: put together yeah We haven't really dug into like your musical taste very much. We kind of of got right into career, but what are some other little things you're listening to albums that have kind of like formulated your path?
1: Yeah. You know, with with all the music that I'm involved with on the marketing front and management front, um, most of the music that I listen to by myself is like the polar opposite of that because I really feel that's like an astringent, You know, it's like brushing my teeth because I can't just listen to that all day and just know what's going on. Sure. So lately I've been into as many, like been super into Philip Glass lately.
0: Okay.
1: Okay. And he has an album that Beck produced. There's a bunch of remixes. Yeah. Beck does a 24 minute remix of a bunch of Philip Glass songs. And he's like one of the best producers out there. Yeah. And it sounds boring as fuck, but if you're there and you're it's not like I'm going to put this on in the background. Yeah. You're like, I'm going to put my headphones on and listen to some music right now. Yeah. Okay. that's it. That's the tip. It's great.
0: Very cool. What about a controversial opinion that you carry through life?
1: i don't think i knew you were gonna ask this and i prepared my answer good i don't think that it's realistic to ask spotify to pay a cent per stream oh wow whoa
0: yeah i don't either um i don't know why i don't have the math
1: i could tell you the math real quick if you want and Uh, this is yeah the short version Yeah, yeah, short version, here we go. This is only based on what they're telling us. Sure. So I will take it with a grain of salt. Yes. I could be totally wrong. They could be lying about everything. But they say they're paying 70% of their revenue out in streaming or into like artist royalties. Um, And if that's true, then paying double what they paid right now which would still be <laughs> Means nothing. Hundred
0: and forty percent of right. yes, which doesn't work.
1: Right. And even to like double what they're paying right now is shit still. Sure. So do I think it's enough? No. Do I think they can pay more? No. Yeah. Like I don't think they can pay enough to make us feel like we're getting the bang for our buck. Again,
0: without studying it, I look at it and say, I pay ten dollars a month or whatever for Mm -hmm. my premium account yeah the only way that you're gonna get to a penny is if i pay 40
1: bucks a month exactly which by the way i think we could get to that place because i think it came into the market undervalued um i mean if you really pitch it as unlimited music yeah yeah i would pay like 150 bucks a month for that i have the
0: entire history of recorded music on my phone everywhere i am all the time except for a few albums, which I don't even care about because they're not on Spotify, so they really don't exist. Exactly. I don't mean that. If you've made an album and you've decided to keep it off of Spotify, that's your prerogative. But I'm saying (laughs) I haven't come up with a record that I want to listen to on Spotify that's not there in a very long time.
1: Yeah, for me... Like, I can't remember. And it's
0: funny, going back to Tool and Prison Sex, (laughs) (laughs) Tool was, like, the most recent artist that I would listen to that added their music... Recently, that wasn't there for years. Yeah. So there was like this little new metal hole in my life of like, okay, I got all my new metal bands except for Tool. Yeah. Is not on this playlist, and now it is. But
1: Portugal the Man, I know you're listening to this right now. Put "It's Not Easy Being a Wizard" on Spotify, dude. Thank you. Old school Portugal. Yes. Old school is oh, so, good. <laughs> so good.
0: They put out like an album every year, and they just got better and better and better. Yeah. I uh again, I don't want either of us to get canceled for this opi- that opinion, but I it's just a math mathematical it's a gut feeling right. right like unless something changed about the way the company was structured mm-hmm. yes they could give up more money and make less money as a company but not that
1: not, not enough nearly to make it enough, worth it right yeah and a cent per stream sounds like nothing right but you know? if it's
0: 20 times what they make now right they have to
1: they would just put us out of business and you know it would sure. fill that void. Something worse. Something else. Yeah, right. Yeah.
0: Something considerably worse. No, I'm I'm down with that. I do think I I think people are obsessed with their play counts and it it, it cheapens music for me. I hate it. Yeah. I hate it when somebody's like, oh, whatever. Right. Like totally. but I know they have to. Yeah. Especially with like the pre save shit and all that now. Dude, playing the game. Just, yep, you gotta play the game. Yeah. Last thing, guilty pleasure.
1: Um dill pickles
0: yes i don't know what's guilty about that but they're great
1: i don't know i always feel guilty at 3 30 a.m when i'm in there shoving a bunch of colossans in my mouth but by the way there's a shortage on glass jars right now which you go to the grocery store text me if you find some (laughs) colossens.
0: I haven't seen you in fucking a year and a half, and I'm going to see you twice in two weeks because yeah. I'm an hour away from where you live, and you're going to come buy yeah. fucking... You're going to come give me $3 for a jar of pickles that Dude, I picked up I'll give up you much here. more than that. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Ryan, where... You know, you're not a, an upfront guy. We're not going to buy your new album, but where can we find out more about you on the internet if we want to?
1: Um, You know, I've I've actually been pretty intentional about staying off the internet as far as being a personality goes, but... Yeah. Recently, um, I think other, this is probably, definitely the most in-depth that I've ever been out there on this podcast. Yeah. So if you're listening to this, then you. got you, the whole story and, and there's here. nothing
0: more to be had. So you yeah. would be alone.
1: But I did have uh, a lot of fun writing a letter for Michigan House, South by Southwest. Oh, right, and yeah. Michaela hit me up yeah. and asked me to do it, which I was totally like, oh, you want me to? I'm like, okay, all right, you know? And it was just fun, man. It was, it was cool to think about everything that has been and is going on in terms of the Michigan music scene. She, and you wrote one, you know, yep, uh, yep. write a letter to the Michigan music scene. Yep. Just me and you and Kaylin Waterman and a couple of other people that wrote some letters. Yeah. That was cool.
0: Michiganhouse.org, I think, or .com? .gov. Or, dot, it's not .gov. <laughs> I do know <laughs> that. <edu>. Yeah, Michigan. <laughs> uh michigan house look for the the south by southwest 2021 zine yes michigan house dot
1: ted yeah it's (laughs)
0: it's like 68 pages of awesomeness yes it really is it's so
1: well designed
0: michaela uh hit that one out of the park killed it is there anything else you want to share before we go
1: okay maybe here's the thing challenge proposition for you all right will you agree to an eighth episode of this season where me and Brian Iglesias come in here and interview you.
0: No. But we can make it a bonus down the road. Patreon goal. There, Patreon <laughs> there. goal. No, it's more it, it's more um yes, I would I would do that. I yes. would I would have fun with that. It may not live on this podcast because Tyler's going under the knife in a couple weeks. To have surgery is going to be out for a while, so we're going to put a, a pin in this after today. But I will commit to doing that in some format or fashion in the in Deal. the coming days, coming months. I
1: really thought about bringing him with me today and just flipping this whole thing on you, but <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know if you could, man. <laughs> Come, you want? Yeah, you want to try? Let's try. Now. Yeah. No, um, I've thought about like doing that, yeah. I think it would be fun you know, I I do have a story to tell, but I think these stories that we've been telling for the last two seasons, as it this is a perfect like segue into like closing it up for the yeah. season. But um these stories are super important. And you and I are very similar people in that our story kind of seems feels secondary
1: mm-hmm. to everything. Yeah.
0: But, you know, obviously that moment like when I went downtown and like the, the Fisher building called to me that day. Like I needed to drive. There's plenty of that kind of stuff, man. So like, I just love being on here and being able to put in my little two cents here and there, but I'll commit to that in some fashion someday that we'll find a way to do that. Whether we do it on Instagram live or do it, you know, a little more casually or whatever, we'll, we'll make it happen. Perfect. That would, that would be fun, dude. I'd Soft. Love to do yes. That. I hear Soft. You. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> um, Hey, I want to thank you, especially for coming in today. I, you know, this, uh, you know, our buddy, our other buddy, Ryan was going to fill this role. I was going to bring you in next season and be in the flexible gentleman that you are. Um, when Ryan tested positive for COVID and couldn't come in, which today he was like back in the studio and I'm super stoked that he's like back on the air at WDT. He's in the clear. He's feeling good. He's got that big smile on his face. Um, that made me feel really good, but I really appreciate you coming in and spending the time, dude. It's, it's so good to see your face, man. Yes, And, uh, I think that uh, a lot of friends are going to really enjoy this episode. So I did. It was a blast. I appreciate it. Tyler.
1: Yeah, um, Tyler. So dude, thank you. Thanks thanks for running this thing for us. Thanks Thanks for for always
0: doing this. I know you're the, you're spending more time on this than anybody. I just come in and sit and ramble for two hours (laughs) and then you're deaf with the, you're left with the shrapnel. So um, (laughs) appreciate you very much. Um, I want to thank Two Foot Parade for their sponsorship and their support. I want to thank the fever haze who has a new record coming out soon for uh the music i want to thank alex Maniac for the art and just uh eureka records for existing i'm very blessed to have all of my friends on this podcast and be able to do this and hopefully not committing to it but hopefully there'll be a season three so tell a friend that's the only way that this thing grows uh if you enjoyed what you heard with ryan and myself or any of the others share 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 at here for now pod on socials here for now pod at gmail.com on email. I don't want to, I don't want this to end, man. I'm trying, I'm having a hard time wrapping I, this up, but I have uh, to pee
1: so bad. I know. I know. I'm
0: right there with you. We're going to race. I've, you've got, I've got two doors on the way. You've just got one. So you're probably going to win, but uh, thank you guys so much for, for tuning in this season. And uh, yeah, check us out um, in the future. Tell a friend. We'd, we'd, we'd love to, to keep you listening to these stories for a long time to come i'm just rambling now
1: i'm gonna i'm gonna go i love y'all
0: take care (laughs) love
1: you hey thanks
0: yeah all right